Hey everybody, Matt, Jess and Dave here. Sorry Jess, just butting in quickly to let the listeners know that I'm going to be in Sydney uh, this week coming up the 8th to the 12th of May and uh, you can get tickets now via mattsfieldcomedy.com then going straight to Brisbane on the 16th to the 19th. So tickets for my show Dry Dryer. In Sydney and Melbourne. Sorry, Matt, I'll just cut you off there. I just need to tell everyone that our quiz show, our web series is out right now. Do go on the quiz show. You can see it on Stupid Old Channel for free on YouTube. Type in, do go on the quiz show, and you can see three episodes right now covering topics like Google, Queen Victoria, the Olympics, and we've got five more episodes coming up. So like and subscribe, whatever that means. They are big topics too. And I said Sydney and Melbourne. I meant Sydney and Brisbane. Anyway, let's get on with the show. I'm still here too. (laughs) Oh, hey, Jess. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky, and as always, I'm here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Hello, I'm Matt Stewart. What? I'm also Matt Stewart. My bank account details are. I've got a pen. Thus. Okay, here we go. (laughs) If you know them off by heart, you are not the real Matt Stewart. (laughs) (laughs) How would you freaking remember that? No, nobody. No, I don't know. I don't know that. I know mine. Your bank details? Yeah. What are they? They are as follows. But do you really? Yeah. Really? You don't know the one that people, like, you know, transfer you most frequently. People go, what's your, what's your details? I wouldn't trust myself to just, like, just off the top of my dome. But I think if you were like, yeah, the account that ends in this, I'd be like, yeah, that's the one. Right. I also think I've got an online shopping problem because I also know my credit card off by heart. Oh, I did for a long time and then I had to replace the credit card. And now, unfortunately, my computer remembers it. And now it's like, well, <laughs> I don't have to remember anything. Welcome to the future. You don't have to know anything. It's the best. I Who love cares? it here. They say the computer, oh, it's bad. Oh, I don't give a shit. Hack me. I don't care. <laughs> Hack me. Hack me. Okay, that goes out there. I once got hacked. It wasn't very good having no mm. money for, I think that it was like four it, months. It was ages, yeah. It was far too long. They, uh, the bank, because there's a, a law here at least that, you know, if certain ways you're hacked and money's stolen from you, they it's insured or whatever and they yep. have to get it back to you. And they, they, But there's a certain amount of time that they're allowed to take and they took all that time plus one day. Oh. And they said, oh, we finally got to it. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I and bet you just got to it. When you closed your accounts with that bank, were they like, oh, why? 
Yeah, Where are you was, going? That was a pretty satisfying day closing my eyes. Mm. They were too busy day. laughing on their big pile of money to know <laughs> that Matt would be. Yeah, I, I was a real uh, Homer and Flaming Moe's. <laughs> You've lost yourself a customer. Sorry, cha-ching. Sorry, cha-ching. Sorry, I can't quite hear you, cha-ching. <laughs> hey, anyway, how good is it to be alive? Well, I wish I was never born. Oh. Well, uh, I like to describe how this show works. Okay. That's my thing. Go for it. What we do here on Do Go On is we take it in terms to report on a topic often suggested to us by one of the listeners. Whoever's the reporter goes away, does a bit of research and brings it back to the crew mm-hmm. with the little reports. Uh, and we always start with a question to get us onto topic. Before we do, though, I have a question for Dave. Oh, okay. Um, Dave, because it is Matt's turn to do a report this week. And I was just wondering if you wanted to have a go of being a sass twin with me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hold on. Is this a prank? No, 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 no prank. I it just feels thought, like a prank. I know, but I thought like Matt and I have been the sass twins for such a long time, and it's it we've always really excluded you, mostly because you just like you're just not as fun as us. Um, and but I just thought if you maybe after all these years wanted to just have a go. I'm not saying you're replacing Matt at all, but Matt's Thank busy you. today this doing the is report. The yeah. greatest honor of my life. Okay, you you're married, but um, this is the greatest honor of my <laughs> life. <laughs> okay, yep. And um, do you think he? Yeah, do you think he's? Fit my big shoes? Oh no, 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 no! But but I'm just saying you can have a go again. Not a replacement. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm saying I'm stoked. If you're, you yeah, think, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm like, oh, that's great. I've been waiting for this day. I think he's seen. I've been excited about this day. I can't live forever. <laughs> Someone has to put on these boots one day. Yeah. And, and Dave has been on the receiving end of the Sass Twins for such a long I time. I've felt that boot many times. I feel like maybe he's picked up a thing or two, but we'll see. And and honestly, because I know that I won't live forever, that's why I've got to stress you this rhetorical question. Mm-hmm. How good is it to be alive? <laughs> How good is it to be alive? And we always start with a question. And do you have a question this week, you little bitch? <laughs> How am I going? How am I going yeah, so far? That's good. Great start. That's not bad. <laughs> hey, here's something I learned on a recent Who Knew with Matt Stewart, by the way. The word sass emerged in the 19th century from the adjective sassy, which began as a variation on saucy Mm. from the idea that words can be zesty, sharp, or spicy. Oh. That's from vocabulary.com. That's exciting stuff. So, you could also say, give me a little bit of sauce. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I think it's sort of like curse and cuss, sauce and sass. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe. Anyway, a bit of fun. Okay. All right, so I'm gonna I'm asking a question to get us on the topic. The question is, who did Kelsey Grammer play in X Men Three? Is he Beast? He is Beast. Well done. Well done, Dave. There you go. Have not seen. <laughs> it. Haven't seen it. Well done. Didn't know Kelsey Grammer was in an X Men film. Oh yeah. Name an actor. They've all been in one. <laughs> Name okay. any actor. Helen Mirren. Yep. I was also thinking <laughs> Helen Mirren. <laughs> She played Cyborg 3. <laughs> God, she was good. <laughs> she was robbed of that Oscar. <laughs> so this week we are not talking about uh, the probably the most panned in the early uh, trilogy of X-Men, X-Men 3. Right. We no. are not talking about that, unfortunately. Are we talking uh, about Beast, though? Because We, we are Beast, talking about uh, a Beast. Uh, Beast after Wolverine was my second favourite from the cartoon. Well, you might enjoy an episode of uh, Primates that I did focusing specifically on the Beast. So, we've already covered it. Okay. Okay, and how about Gambit, my third favourite? <laughs> no. Uh, through the playing cards that exploded. Damn, that's cool. <laughs> oh, that is cool, actually. That wow. is cool. I don't understand. How's that possible? He's an X-Man. <laughs> Basically, if you have any question about that show, the answer is they're an X-Man. <laughs> <laughs> You've just taken 
the most fucked combination <laughs> Matt has got three drinks this week there's water there's orange juice there's coffee and he chose the worst one where he went straight from an OJ onto an iced coffee that was bonkers what do you mean that was uncomfortable oh he's going for some water oh now my gosh. too I think the only possible explanation is that Matt is some sort of ex-man <laughs> or hungover that's the only way where you need that much hydration in that many different forms I'm report writing hungover oh yeah yeah I was up quite late uh, working on this right, Sorry, so some sort of this beast. Uh, beast of a report if you will <laughs> oh. so we should stop fucking around so this week we're talking about the mysterious beast of the Gévaudan, which uh, hopefully that's probably the one French word I'm going to say vaguely correct. Cause okay. Because I've uh, I've listened to an audio book about it and <laughs> it gets said a lot. Gévaudan. And I'm sure I'm still butchering it, but it's something like the beast of Gévaudan. Gévaudan. Uh-huh. I think I sound great in French. I think uh, oui. Uh, <laughs> I agree. Uh, this has been suggested. <laughs> this is what this is what made me realise it's a good topic to do because it was suggested. Into the hat, which anyone can do if you go to the dugonpod.com website. There's a, a link there to suggest topics into the hat. But it was suggested by Victoria from France. Whoa. Whoa. So, you know it's good. Yeah. And I hope uh, Victoria's still listening because I, I feel like I've been borderline offensive to French people recently. <laughs> so, this episode is my peace offering. Okay. Where I'm going to talk about a lot of them being murdered. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> Hang on. For <laughs> the best of Javaldon. Uh It's also been suggested by many others, including Aaron from India, Paul Fleer from Brunswick East, Keith Murphy from Derry in New Hampshire, Tom Beasley from London, Maddie Layden from Melbourne, Ethan Lee from Brighton, Peter C. Kinsler from Wilmington, North Carolina, the home of the uh, eating the eating plant, uh, William Davis from Placerville, California. Vinny Policastro from Manahawken, New Dorsey. New Dorsey. <laughs> New Dorsey. <laughs> is that next order, New Jersey? I think it is. New Dorsey. Toby from Tiptree and Scott Coventry from Greenock. Wow, these wow. people are from all over. Multiple consonants covered there, and this is a topic I've never heard yeah, of. Yeah, and we had one from the um, exotic and, uh, you know, exciting place of East Brunswick. Yes. Incredible. Paul Fleer. Yeah, he went from France to India to East Brunswick. Paul Fleer, in fact, uh, I don't know if you remember my hit show, Footy Footy Foot. Mm-hmm. Paul Fleer is the man who carved the letters for the front of the desk. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. He has like a one of them carving machines. So you do the computer. And 3D then it, printer. And goes, boop, 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 yeah. And then it cuts them precisely. Yep. How about that? That's pretty cool. Paul Fleer's oh, a cool guy. Two separation, two degrees of separation from greatness right here. Yeah. Me to Matt to Fleer. <laughs> uh, all right. Let us begin. I've read and listened to a book, as I like to do when I'm researching a topic. I need to take it with uh, both of my senses. <laughs> um, I need to smell it. <laughs> yeah. This beast smells like shit. So, uh, I've been reading and listening to the book Beast, Werewolves, Serial Killers and Man-Eaters. The Mystery of the Monsters of the Gévaudan by S.R. Schwalb and Gustavo <coughs> Sanchez Romero. Oh, my goodness. Wow, so big they needed two authors. <laughs> so incredible names. I'm going to be quoting Schwalb and Romero uh, quite a bit, including these very words. Oh, of the two, who's your favourite? Do you have a favourite? Uh, I don't know where they, the words are divided. Oh, okay. But probably Schwalb. I would assume they would do it um, sort of that way we sometimes do the <laughs> the Patreon section and take a word each. Yeah, word at a time. <laughs> Just back deck turds. In the 
Beginning. This is good. <laughs> this is flowing. Oh, my God. Dave, should we write a book? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only Dave plays all three parts in the beginning. No, I said should we, as in Dave and I. So there's two parts and we'll take turns. Thanks. <laughs> Sass twins. <laughs> they are doing it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, here's Schwalben Sanchez. As the story goes... A terrified young woman had returned home from attending her cattle to declare she'd had a hairbreadth escape from a beast. The beast ignored the bovines in favour of her, but despite the close call, she managed to escape with her life. She claimed the creature was like a wolf, yet not a wolf. This young woman was from Lagugno in France. <laughs> in their Gévaudan. It's a full... Immersive experience when you watch Matt pronounce these words. Every, I think every muscle in your body gets into that. Can we hear what's the place called again? Uh, well, the, I mean, I'm not for for a good reason. The whole region is called the Gévaudan, um, but this particular one was Lagunon. <laughs> I'll say that differently, but um, I'm not making fun. I'm trying. No, no, no. no. We're no. making fun of you. Yeah, no, okay. We're not making not fun of language. France. Don't yes. you worry. That's a beautiful language, and it is hard to pronounce things that are in. Different languages, of course, but we're laughing because your voice deepens and the uh, the hands gesture. Yeah, and you get uh, your mouth moves yeah. in multiple ways. It's beautiful. It's exciting. It's such a shame. At, at some point uh, this year, we're going to start filming the episodes. Mm-hmm. What a shame it wasn't today. <laughs> <laughs> when you're zooming in on. <laughs> and then Matt just having multiple drinks going. Yeah. It's a fucking loose cannon over here. It's crazy. It's wild. <laughs> But that, that's, that's a scary picture you've painted there. Yeah. So you've gone out wolf, to hang out wolf. with the cattle. It's a wolf, not a wolf. You're shitting yourself. Yes. And but and also that they're like, you know, uh, you're a wolf-like creature. Look at this, all, all this beautiful boof that we've got here. Beef in French. Le <laughs> 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 <Les> boeuf. <laughs> we've got all this beautiful boof here and you're coming for me? A yeah. girl? A scorning little human? Um, so that was one thing as well. It was a bit mm. like they were human attacks, but they were much, uh, they were much rarer. Uh, so this is a pretty grisly topic. There's a lot of human death, a little bit of animal death as well. So just as a heads up, if anyone out there doesn't feel like hearing about lots of death today, maybe not the app for you. Uh, but I won't go into a lot of the details. And it did happen many, many years ago. In fact, let us begin with the first death. Oh, my gosh. On the 30th of June, 1764. Okay, many years ago. Yeah, oh, many, great. many, I years feel ago. great about it. I was yeah. about to leave, but I'm, I'm They'd fine. They'd be dead anyway. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> long This dead. beast would be dead anyway. How long do wolves live for? <laughs> this is like a wolf. Okay. Oh, yeah, how how long wolf. do like wolves yeah, live exactly. for? <laughs> the only difference is that this this wolf lives for a non-wolf time, yeah. like 200 years. <laughs> still, so we're still fine. dead. We're still fine. Still fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> 30th of June, 1764, Jean Boulet, a 14-year-old shepherd, took her small flock of sheep out to a meadow and she never returned home. The mysterious beast attacked Boulet, leaving the sheep be. Here's some more from uh, our great mates, Schwalb and Romero. Mm. Little did anyone know that Jean Boulet's death would set in motion the mystery of a man-eating monster that would electrify all of France. She was interred on the 1st of July, and according to the official record documented by her priest, Father Sucher, having been killed by the, quote, ferocious beast. So, they're already talking about it like they knew, and it was the ferocious yeah. beast, you know what I mean? Not a. Yeah. Uh, in, and this is obviously being translated from French. It would have been 
Le feroche bit. Something like that. But also, how can you say it's ferocious mm. if you haven't seen it? Guess like you've, you've ferocious seen the is of the a victim. is a is a what kind of a word is that? It's uh, an adjective. Adjective. Yeah. But you're saying that, like, unless you see it in an a- in action in its ferocity, yes. Even if you come across like the remaining bones or whatever, you go, yeah. that could have taken them ages. Exactly. Yeah, they could have nibbled for weeks. <laughs> yeah. We don't know. We don't know. They could have. Yeah. Mm. Oh, very Moorish. And they could have apologised the whole time. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry, sorry about this. So this so is sorry. just That's what in I mean, my yeah. nature. Exactly. It's not what I want to do. Go survive. This is business. This is not personal. Yeah. I mean, you're bringing up these sheep to eat. Yep. So you you, you got to see why yeah. it's mm. it's not actually that full on. You get yep. it. Yep. You'd be a hypocrite to not let me eat you right now. And I'm, but I, I I'm not taken away from my apology. I am very sorry. Very sorry. But I, no, I will not be asking for permission. I am just going to eat I'm you. I'm going to do it, but I will be making a donation to a charity of your choice. Yes. <laughs> if that's okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. How can you write? How can you do exactly? Ferocious. You know, there might have been a polite beast. We don't know. But it, it does make it seem like, you know, it had been seen before, perhaps by uh, that first girl I talked to, uh, mm-hmm. to about. Yeah, right. So they're, aw- it. they're aware that was of a it. month or so before. Right. right. This is the first. So I think death. they're putting two and two together that this is the same. And it seemed quite ferocious to her. Yeah. Well, then I take back everything I've said. Le but it could have. Le but. I think. How, how do you say the beast in <laughs> French, Dave? I'm not sure about beast. It's spelled like B E T E, but there's some weird stuff going on above the. Not days. weird, different. Oh, sorry, not weird. <laughs> weird. Thank you. It's good to be held accountable. Not weird to them, is it? No, no, that's a very good point. Not weird, different. We I don't didn't have, mean weird. We don't have the little uh, hieroglyphics apart, on um, Apart from on the top of metal bands, <laughs> like Motorhead <laughs> with the umlaut, <laughs> which would make it be pronounced. I'm sure I've talked about this before. I think Motorhead or something. <laughs> which I like better. That's a much better yeah. name. Uh, okay, so so Jean Boulet has died. Things have now kicked off. At the time, to set a scene, France was recovering from a bruising loss in the Seven Year War. It's a war I knew nothing about, I've got to tell you. But according to Britannica, the Seven Years' War, which went from 1756 to 63, was the last major conflict before the French Revolution that involved all the great powers of Europe. Generally, France, Austria, Saxony, Sweden and Russia were aligned on one side against Prussia, Hanover and Great Britain on the other. In his History of the English-Speaking Peoples, Winston Churchill labelled the Seven Years' War as the First World War, which is weird because there's already a First World War. Come on, Winston. Winston. And you were very aware of that one too. Yeah, come on, mate. (laughs) So, just name it something else. Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. It's like purposely confusing. I know. Winston. We know before you tweet us. Uh, A struggle for supremacy between the two most powerful countries in the world, France and Britain. The conflict involved Europe, North America, the Caribbean, Africa, and India. That does sound pretty worldly. Yeah. Uh, Just prior to the time of the beast, the conflict, uh, also known as the French and Indian War, had proved disastrous for France financially and in regards to global influence. Uh, Because apparently they went into the war, they were the big power, but they were quite bruised from the war. Uh, back to Britannica. At the end of the war, the Treaty of Paris was signed. In it, the French lost nearly all their land claims in North America and their trading interests in India. Great Britain gained Canada, all lands east of the Mississippi and Florida. France ceded Louisiana to Spain and evacuated Hanover. Great Britain emerged from the war a world power, 
Prussia and Russia became major powers in Europe, and in contrast, the influence of France, Austria, and Spain was greatly reduced. Wow. So, it was a, yeah, big war. A lot of influence. A lot of influence. Yeah, yeah it's wild. Like, um, North America was majorly influenced how yeah. it turned out because of this war in Europe. Mm. It's like, it's also crook how, like, just all, all that. Oh, you lost the war? Well, you're going to lose parts of countries that you had no real rights to anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, at this time, at the time of the beast, Le But. <laughs> so, I'm so sorry, French people. I know, I know. He's trying. <laughs> uh, France was really licking its wounds as the beast's reign of terror dawned. Wow. What is the Gévaudan, you might be wondering? I am. Mm. What's well, the region of France, Jess? Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah, you said that before. Or at least it used to be. What? Oh, my God, it's disappeared. <laughs> the beast ate it. Oh, it is big. That's a big beast. I better apologise the whole time. I'm so sorry. So sorry, so sorry. We can blame erosion or something if you want. <laughs> But no, it, um, <laughs> it's just, it's not known as that anymore. Um, oh, it's the, still there. Well, I guess the land is still there, yeah. Oh. But they don't call it the Gévaudan. It's changed. Hmm. Uh, it had the reputation for being a remote, isolated backwater where the forces of nature had not been fully tamed. Where the, forests, <laughs> where the forests were indeed enchanted, says J.M. Smith, a historian and author of Monsters of the Gévaudan, The Making of a Beast. Uh, it's fascinating. It's powerful. It's scary. It's sublime, he said. I love so, it. So, some of those words sound nice and others I don't like. Yeah. Say that again. It's fascinating. Love it. It's powerful. Ooh. It's scary. No, thanks. It's sublime. Okay. <laughs> Roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, but it just sounds like it, it's a while. I love um, this one. <laughs> this one description of it. Uh, according to Schwalbe and Romero, at least one travel source has referred to the region as the Scotland of France. That's- <laughs> If that helps put it into context. That's right. The Scotland of France. Yeah, the Scotland of France. Okay. What are we talking, kilts? What's going on here? I think Backpipes. it's just rugged yeah. terrain. <laughs> <laughs> it's got terrain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm listening. Uh, Schwalbe and Romero go on, missing from contemporary maps- and unknown to most 18th century inhabitants of France even, the Gévaudan is today associated with the department or administrative district of Lozère, uh, created at the time of the French Revolution. Okay. But it, was, it wasn't even on maps. Yeah. In the 1700s. That's amazing. It is. No, ma- missing. Oh, yeah, missing from contemporary maps. I thought that meant today, but no, contemporary of the time of the beast, I right. guess. Yeah, most people are just like, I guess- it's just forested area or something. People yeah. Like, yeah well, just we, don't, trees we don't really know what's it. there. There's a big X. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a big question mark. A question mark. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> well, so we talked about it in the um, uh, that escape from the convict mm. settlement in Tasmania episode that hit big chunks of Tasmania were just like, oh. Yeah. We, we guess there's stuff there. Yeah. yeah. I, lo- I loved that episode because they were like, there's no way- Anybody could survive on this land, and the indigenous people had been survi- had living there, thriving there <laughs> for so yeah. long. If it was a comedy, they'd, yeah. they'd zoom out, and there'd be a bunch of local indigenous people going, huh? what? Yeah. Just, like, looking real comfortable. Exactly. <laughs> Cozy. They've sorted everything. And they're like, there's feet no up. way. Feet up. There's no possible way a human being could live out there. Here? Come on. Not possible. <laughs> Not possible. They die. <laughs> Uh, after they'd cleared the land. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Let's go back to Schwalbe and Romero. Summers, especially in lower uh, Mediterranean-oriented valleys, were hot, 
sunny and dry, but the massive central has a subalpine climate. Winters are long and harsh, with some of the snowiest conditions in the country. Daytime temperatures average minus 6 degrees Celsius, about 21 degrees Fahrenheit. At the time of the beast, the world was also in the grip of an exceptionally cold period, a little ice age that began in the 1500s. In addition, the plague struck here in 1720. Well over 2,000 people died in the Gévaudan capital of Mende and the nearby town of Mavillon. Uh, poor harvests and subsequent famines affected the area. <laughs> I think you're just making sounds. Well, that's what words are, that Jess. Is, that is what that's words what words are. are. That is what words are. Don't interrupt are. me to tell me I'm- what words are. <laughs> I know what words are. I apologize for the interruption. You're right. So there's a lot of. I mean, France in general is having a tough time after the war, but this area. Really copping it. The plague, yeah, famines. It's freezing cold. Freezing cold. Poor harvests. Yeah, because it's freezing cold. So just yeah. through the 1700s, it was pretty dire times. And, and then you add in a beast. A beast. A ferocious one. Oh, my That's God. Right. I mean, these people have been through enough. Yeah. Some say that this is exactly what France needed, something to galvanise them, oh. a common enemy. Oh. Oh, right. <laughs> but I feel like that's um, that's going to be a hard sell to the families of the victims. Yeah. Hey, isn't this, this just is what we needed? This is good for France. Hello, no, not, not long after this, they're like, oh, fuck the beast, let's just kill the king. Yeah. That's our common enemy, let's be honest. Yeah. The real beast. <laughs> I don't think you need, like, some. well, I guess, because I'm thinking, like, Famine and uh, plague and it's super cold. All that sort of stuff kind of would bring you together a little bit anyway. Yeah. Much like COVID did to us. I was about to say, you don't need something killing you, but COVID was doing that. Yeah. We refer to that as the beast. That's true. That was our beast. (laughs) That was our beast of Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Gévaudan. Dave, you're going to love this. I only included it for you. Do you know the name Robert Louis Stevenson? Yes. Yeah. And the Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, what's that mean? It's from a- Now you're just making sounds. It's from a tripod song. Okay. That's why. So Robert Louis Stevenson uh, was the author of Treasure Island, Kidnapped, and the Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. The I last believe- one. Last one I've done on book sheet. Mm-hmm. Treasure- I didn't realise, like, tre- it's usually those classic authors have one big one, but having Treasure Island and Jekyll and Hyde is- Yeah. This guy's a giant. Uh, and Scottish. And Scottish, that's right. Oh, the Scotland of France. Yeah. That's why he was drawn to this area. Ah. More than 100 years after the time of the beast, his sojourn through the countryside with a four-footed companion, Modestine, became the basis for his book, Travels with a Donkey in the Sevens, which was published in 1879. I really was hoping you were going to help me out with that one. Well, you went a bit godfather with that one. Sevens. <laughs> <laughs> What was this, the day of your daughter's wedding or something? <laughs> this is going to be unlistenable to French people. Oh, 100%, yeah. Um, I'm so sorry. But this is where- And probably like some Canadians who speak French or just anybody who speaks French, really. It doesn't even have to be from France. Which That's is true. crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's quite a lot of people are going to hate this. Yeah, quite a lot of people. <laughs> Got a lot of people have turned off already, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, but some people are loving Others it. Others are loving it. Because i got to tell you, this topic won in a landslide on the mm. Patreon vote. An absolute landslide. It had two-thirds of the vote in a wow. three-horse race. And a lot of the comments were, 
can't wait to hear Matt butcher some of these French words. Oh, and I'm wow. like, oh, thank you. So all, all those people are loving this. You're giving yes. them what they want. Well. You you know how to pronounce these perfectly, but they requested that you butcher yes, it. Yes. Otherwise, I would be saying them correctly. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, I would be <laughs> saying them correctly. <laughs> So this book, I don't know if you know this quote. Apparently, it's a famous quote, and it comes from his book Travels with a Donkey in the Seville. Uh, For my part, I travel not to go anywhere, but to go. The great affair is to move. Beautiful. That's moving. Yeah, it's beautiful. Can I have that again? For my part, I travel not to go anywhere, but to go. To go. The great affair is to move. I like that. Basically, it's the journey, not the destination. Love it. Uh, He would have been great on reality TV. Uh, the writer's account speaks of the bleak fields of the Gévaudan and its roaring blackness at night, in which the author says, quote, I was sure of nothing but the direction of the wind. Wow. He had a real way with words. Mm. Um, I'm never sure of the direction of the wind. Well, that you would have been sure of nothing at all then. <laughs> That's <laughs> been true for such a long <laughs> You're time. You're left with nothing. <laughs> Stevenson, who'd recently finished reading a novel about the beasts of the Gévaudan, writes of the creature at the time, Wolves, alas, like bandits, seem to flee the traveller's advance, and you may trudge through all of comfortable Europe and not meet with an adventure worth the name. But here, if anywhere, a man was on the frontiers of hope, for this was the land of the ever-memorable beast, the Napoleon Bonaparte of wolves. (laughs) Wow. So, he, he's like, oh. It's so boring everywhere else, but here at least I've got a shot to come face to face with a beast. That's what he wants. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like well, elsewhere the wolves will just run away, but here they'll it come, might ra- kill they'll you. come and kill you. <laughs> Finally. I, I think I think he's not doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to have a chat with someone. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. gonna go somewhere where I'll probably die. Hopefully in a terrible way. To, to live. To live. To move. Yeah. To live is to die. Not to be anywhere, but just to be. Inside a wolf. That's where I want to be. I want to get in there. Oh, he wants to fight a wolf. I want to. Whoa. <laughs> Front ways, though. Wants to go in the mouth. <laughs> I guess you can fuck a wolf in the mouth. Oh, dear. Why'd you take it to that place, Jess? I didn't. Isn't that a saying? Never fuck a wolf in the mouth? I think so, yeah. Like, the last bit's implied, no one ever says it, but what was the original ending of that? Oh, uh, your dick will get t- torn off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's implied. That's it's implied. implied. It's implied. It's, it's like, like a when in rhyme. Very uncouth yeah. to yeah. say it. <laughs> Stevenson travelled to the Gévaudan in September of 1878, a little over 112 years earlier, in August of 1764, the Beast's second official victim would die. I'm about to tell you about a bunch more deaths. But I, like I said, I'm not going to go into heaps of details. Detail. The country folk continued with the farming and trade activities vital to their existence, most largely unaware of the beast, owing to the region's sparse population residing in individual isolated communities. During the first week of August 1764, a little more than six miles from the site of Jean's death, oh, that's Boulay, the first uh, girl who died, but in the Gévaudan proper, a girl named Marianne Hebraud uh, from a tiny community called Celier went missing, but not as Jean had at the close of day. Marianne instead vanished in broad daylight. Oh, no. The beast was quickly becoming confident. Hate that. Confident. Yeah. (laughs) My goodness. Uh, Like Jean, however, Marianne 
was found throttled and half-eaten. Searchers were said to have turned up scattered remains and remnants of cloth. Official chronicles state that she was set upon by a roving beast that had recently encroached upon the area. 48 hours later, in another rural village named Mesmuya, the beast came out of nowhere to stalk, surprise, and savage another girl. Her name, unknown to historians, but she was only 15 years old. Far out. So I think, uh, in part, the teenage girls were the early targets because they seemed to be the ones uh, who were looking after the sheep and the cows. Uh, right. So they were the herders and the yep. shepherds. Um, out in the fields. But as we go along, you'll notice that women do seem to be the main targets for some reason. Great. So it's a misogynist as well. It's a oh misogynist wolf. A, it's mo- a wolf. wolf. <laughs> Uh, and and a lot of boys as well. So it's a lot of chi- like young people, teenagers, mm. children, and women. There are adult men as well, but oh, in, God. in the mon- <laughs> they'd be in the minority for some reason, and it's not really known for why. once. <laughs> How's it feel? They're like fucking great. I've got nothing to worry about out there. Of course, they're only the minority when it means they're not dying horrible deaths. Uh, I think you'll find that women have a longer expected life. Expectancy, <laughs> expectant. <laughs> so, uh, what does that tell you? So, uh, obviously, the wolves have come for us since. It's all, that's what I can deduce. <laughs> Things have changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, on August the thirtieth, two months after Jean Boulet's demise, a boy near Le Pradel, uh in France, would you believe, was looking after his family's cattle when he was also killed by the beast. Wow! Attacks by wild animals weren't unheard of. But never with this kind of regularity. Yeah. And normally the farm animals would be targeted as well. And authorities quickly grew concerned. A man named Etienne Lefont was the local sub-delegate of King Louis XV, who was the reigning monarch of the time. And according to Schwalbe and Romero, the 45-year-old Lefont was disturbed by the reports he'd been receiving of an animal which had attacked and killed several children in the area. The accounts did not ring true. It sounded as if the animal was something other than a nuisance wolf or a pack of wolves like they were sort of used to. He knew of other instances where wolves had attacked people, but generally it was because they were rabid or famished from lack of prey during the region's harsh harsh winters. But obviously when you're coming and attacking a kid and there's a flock of sheep, it's not because they're famished. Yep. I am famished. Oh, lamb. I've had enough of that. I'm f- I don't really like it. Oh. Oh. Do you have any mint jelly that I don't <laughs> want for lamb? And then, so I'm like, oh, so maybe this is a, a, a rabid uh, wolf, wolf with rabies. So I looked that up. How long would a, a wolf with rabies live? And it sounds like they an infected animal usually dies within seven days of becoming sick. Right. And these already these attacks have happened over months, so- that's unlikely. Not that. It's not a normal. It's not normal wolf behavior. So this is. It's like a wolf, but not a wolf. And another thing to keep in mind is these were pretty isolated villages, and it is the 1700s. They don't have books showing great pictures of all the possible wild animals out there. So if it is something that they're not used to in their area, it would look, you know, potentially very exotic and scary. Mm. Um, it's probably a tiger, <sighs> or maybe it's just like a, a big pu- dog, a pug. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never seen, you've never seen one before. What the, what the heck? A pug with a with a thirst for blood. <laughs> it's a ravenous pug. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh man! Oh no! It's starting with my toes. <laughs> I can't get away. <laughs> oh, it tickles! Oh, stop it, puggy! 
I'm going to call you Puggy. <laughs> That's how they got their names. Yeah. Before that, they were called Beast. Yeah, I couldn't. I started with a R and I didn't know where to go. And you'd said Beast, which was what I should have started by saying. Sorry, sorry, Jess. Originally, of course, pugs were known as because <laughs> of the noise they make. I don't know. I guess we'll call them what, it, what noise they make. I think that's what they want to be called. So it's like a little snorty What's your name? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, pleasure to meet you. Yeah, it's more like. Yeah. <laughs> Back then, they were probably, they hadn't been bred to the point where they're mm. suffering permanently. <laughs> Um, but geez, they're cute. So cute. So cute. But if you'd never seen one before and if you're in the French countryside, yeah. you'd probably be like, what the hell is yeah. that? Exactly. So you, you get the, you get where they're at. It could be a pug. I like that you're already suggesting things. Okay. Please. Do you whenever. want us to keep doing that? If you've got any thoughts, feel free to throw them out. Panther. <gasps> Fantastic suggestion. So talking about um, wolves as well and being dangerous, you know, the, the idea of wolves, uh, they're vicious animals, right? And I was—I looked into that a bit as well. Um, according to the Colorado State University, the perception of wolves as a danger to people has a long history in human society. But in reality, the risk of wolves attacking or killing people is low. Wolves typically avoid people, buildings and roads, and encounters are rare. For example, a study published in 2002 reviewed wolf-human interactions in Alaska and Canada, where over 60,000 wolves live. And between 1900 and 2000, a 100-year period, the study found only 16 cases where wild, healthy wolves bit people. In six cases, bites were severe, no bites were life-threatening. Wow. Isn't that interesting? In in 100 years? Yeah. There was 16 bites. Yeah, from healthy wolves. There were others with rabies infected wolves. (laughs) No, I mean, thousands of others were murdered savagely, (laughs) but the healthy ones... No, I'd, yeah, but I don't. I don't even think it was thousands of rabies yeah, infected yeah. dogs. But um, wow, yeah, so that was surprising. So they, they, they avoid people and and anywhere that people would be. Yeah, that's right. Interesting. They sort of they basically fear people. You know, good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think a few more. Things. Good. If any wolves are listening, <laughs> we certainly don't fear you. A few more things should bloody fear us, mate. <laughs> let me tell you. Okay. <laughs> it does seem like I, I've, I've read suggestions that back in the 1700s in France, maybe that was a bit different. They weren't as afraid, but yeah, it seems like generally speaking, they're not they're not going around taking out humans. I'm not super comfy with a big dog, <laughs> to be yeah. honest. If I saw a wolf, I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna back right up. Wow, that's exactly what a wolf would do. Hang on a second. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. Jess. What? Have you just spilled the beans here? That I'm a wolf? Are you a wolf? Because if I saw a wolf, I would be a bit nervous. Oh, my God. And you think that wolf's a human? (laughs) I'm on to you, mate. He has not had much sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I'll cut you gone, mate. You're gone. You're done, mate. I got you. (laughs) One of LaFont's early reports suggests the beast hardly resembled a wolf at all. <laughs> like a wolf, but not like a wolf at all. In any way. It walked on its hind legs okay. and had pale pink skin <laughs> and wore clothing like a man mm. and also spoke French. <laughs> and carried a shotgun. <laughs> and some knives. <laughs> oh, that wolf. <laughs> Does it walk on its hind legs? 
Some people have said that it it, it did. People oh saw figures walk on their hind legs in the in the bushes. People, wolfman type. Yeah. Creatures. Is it possible that these peasants only knew of two animals? It was either a sheep or a wolf, and they went, I guess it was kind of closer to a wolf. Not yeah. really. Yeah, not a sheep. Yeah. It wasn't going, so it's not a sheep. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I guess it has guess to fall into wolf category. Yes, the other category is a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it had wings, it breathed fire. There's a wolf. So there you go. This is how, how LaFont uh, described it in an earlier report. It is much bigger than a wolf. It has a snout somewhat like a calf's and very long hair, which would seem to indicate a hyena. So this oh, be- okay. This became a bit of a theory that maybe one of, on one of the richest states where they had some exotic animals, one of them got out and it was the one menacing uh, the countryside. Something right. like a hyena. And obviously- A jackal. The, the local villagers don't know what a jackal looks I like. I don't know what a jackal is. Well, you're a French vi- villager. Wait, no, you're a wolf. <laughs> Jeez, I'm throwing a lot of accusations at you. Oh, you're a French villager. Hey, you're a wolf. <laughs> I am losing it. Hyenas aren't very big, though, are they? And they don't- They're usually like- Don't they, like, come along and, like- Yeah, scavengers. Eat, eat, eat carcasses later. Yeah, scavengers. Yes, rather that's than right. So, every, every theory seems to have- It's like, oh, th- these three things line up that it's a hyena. Mm. But- they don't behave like this. <laughs> so that probably rules out a hyena. And, and jackals are little. I've just Googled them. Do they have big ears? Yeah, big pointy ears. Almost like they're, they're sort of foxy. Was it a Bruce Willis film, The Jackal? That was. Yeah. I remember watching that. A film from 1997. Oh, I think I remember that one scene where he makes a guy hold up a pack of cigarettes to test yes. a gun. Yes. That's the scene <laughs> I remember That's the only well. scene I remember. Same. And then the the sights off a bit where he blows the guy's arm off. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> he was a bad guy. He was that a jackal, bad guy. Honestly. <laughs> but couldn't help but the way Bruce played him. Still couldn't help but root for him. <laughs> yeah. God. That's it, Bruce. Good on you, Brucey. Blow that arm off. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the hunt begins. Lafont starts going, Oh, we need to do something about this beast. Uh due to an unusual agreement from four and a half centuries earlier. Love these uh, things that are just like, there's a piece of paper somewhere saying this, so that's what it is. And uh, this thing from 450 years earlier had the Bishop of Mend, uh, <laughs> was the who was also the Count of the Gévaudan, co-ruled the diocese with the King of France. It was this weird thing where yeah. in that area, the bishop was equal to the king. Right. So it's just this weird thing that was written on a piece of paper somewhere from 450 years ago. So that's just how it was. Wow. So Lafont went to the bishop and told him of the beast, but the bishop was not concerned. Oh, my God. The bishop is the beast. (gasps) Wow. Oh, my God. Remind me of that later. I hadn't put that together, but we might have a great theory going here. (sighs) Wow. That's good stuff. Holy shit. Well done, Jess. Um, The wolf would say that. You're trying to pass the blame to anyone you can? Bishop. Oh, Bishop sounds like he could be the wolf. <laughs> Certainly not me. <laughs> Jess Perkins. <laughs> Sorry. Something in my throat. Jess Perkins. <laughs> so he, he told the Bishop and the Bishop was like, no, I'm not concerned. And he said it was actually a good thing that this beast was in, in the neighbourhood. Okay. It's just a message from God reminding the people to keep heeding the Ten Commandments. Oh, right. That's Jesus. why the beast is going around. Killing kids. <laughs> yeah, Isn't right. that, what a wild way to interpret that. God, he 
communicates in mysterious ways. Yeah. When he sends a ravenous beast killing kids, we go, you got to heed those Ten Commandments. Yeah. This is clearly a reminder to double your donation to me <laughs> yeah. and the church. Yeah, and and it's a great lesson to remember, thou shalt not kill. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, he's showing you what not to do. Yeah. Treat okay. the beast as you'd like to be treated. That's right. Okay? Just leave it alone and let it kill you. <laughs> Wouldn't you like that? Yeah. Hmm. The golden rule. <laughs> so this wasn't the response LaFont was uh, looking for. He was wary of causing panic in the public, though, by publicising the beast because a lot of people didn't know about it still because of the way the communities were set up. But in the end, he decided that uh, spreading the word was important because it means that they could, you know, Maybe be a bit more careful when they're out in a paddock alone. And Stop sending eleven-year-old kids out to the paddock. Yes, he also did. That was one of the reasons he didn't really want to do that because you know the whole area's economy was based on farming and produce and stuff. So yeah, it was a delicate balance. Should we just leave these kids out there? To anyway, and more than that, he decided the beast must be destroyed. This is the main thing. We destroy the beast and the beast is no longer a problem in a lot of ways. Okay. This is Beauty and the Beast. Mm. They want to go out and kill the beast. But the beast, what's he doing wrong? Was that set in France? Yes. Did he murder multiple children? I don't think so. Okay, then he's fine. He's just living <laughs> in a Disney castle. They disney it though, didn't they? Yeah. So he started going about getting this beast destroyed and he did that by writing some letters. He wrote to a local nobleman. Count Jean-Francois Charles de la Meule, and he then visited the Count's estate. And the two- Which Count? Count? Yeah. <laughs> Count Jean-Francois Charles de la Meule. How do you say Charles in, en français? Charles. Charles. Did you say that? Maybe. When they say Charles de Gaulle. Yeah. That's more what you Charles. said the first time. Okay. The second time was just- yeah, well, if you make me repeat any of this, it will vary greatly. I know, that's that's, well, you might- that's the fun for us. Oh. <laughs> now you get it. <laughs> I'm just a dancing you big, monkey. You big dumb idiot. <laughs> he visited the count at his estate and the two made plans to enlist local peasants and other noblemen to begin the hunt immediately. In the meantime, the killings continued. Around 7pm on the 6th of September, a 36-year-old woman known as the local witch... <laughs> 36-year-old woman, known as a local witch. We all know it. He just said, known as a local witch, quite defensively, didn't he? <laughs> uh, she was in her garden harvesting rosemary, possibly to brew a tonic for a neighbour. Or just to roast some spuds. Yeah. Oh, that's Delicious. Oh. We're speculating here, but that would be fantastic. Bit of garlic and rosemary. Oh, my God. There's nothing better, My mate. mouth is watering. Oof. Yeah. Crack some sea salt over the top. Oh, oh okay. Unfortunately, she's out there amongst the rosemary. When she is attacked and killed by the beast. What? Unlike the other attacks which occurred in remote fields, this one happened meters from her front door. Even at home, you were no longer safe from Le Bout. Oh, you would think that everyone, if anyone's going to be safe, it would be the local witch. Yeah. Right? Hex him, you idiot. Come on, defend him. Spray, stab him in the asses and rosemary sprigs. <laughs> but it sounds like she was, they said the local witch, but it sounds like more like the local pharmacist, probably. Yeah. At a local church, a 12-year-old boy named Claude Marines was attending with his family. There, the priest brought up the beast. Just saying, hey, everyone, so you know, and this is how the word started spreading. Priests in the various dioceses and- Oh, I just casually parishes, brought it up. And they say, hey, by the way, there's a bit of a beast going on a rampage. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, he also <laughs> mentioned- <laughs> It's like the community notices. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, Fred's got a car for sale, uh, 160,000 clicks on the dash, but uh, apparently it's in good nick. 
Yeah. Also, a beast has been savaging some children. Uh, there's going to be a bake sale on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? Gold cone donations uh, <laughs> to go towards. Sorry, uh, was that last thing you said? Repairing the roof in the. I said bake sale. <laughs> but the money from the bake sale, honestly, George, is going towards fixing the roof of the church. No, d- uh, sorry, before the bake sale? No, Fred's car. Fred's car. 160 clicks. But you know he's, you know how he is with his car? It's been meticulously looked after. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, a li- little bit saying, further along. Excuse me, I'm still talking. He's saying 10K-O-N-O. <laughs> Did you say there's a beast? Yes, oh, the car yeah. is a beast. Absolute beast. <laughs> it's got a V8 donk under the hood. <laughs> donk. Um, so, yeah, the priest mentioned the beast, also mentioned that LaFont and the Count were organising hunts and that the church's parishioners would be expected to be involved. The men in attendance apparently weren't happy. They're like, oh, great, we got work to do. Ugh. We can't go around killing some beast. <laughs> Uh, but then the priest said, but there is a handsome reward. And they said, okay, we're listening. <laughs> yeah. And then more and more men joined the hunt, but with little success. Then on September the 16th, Claude, uh, who was with his family in the church, took his family's cattle out to graze. And according to Schwalb and Romero, Claude was said to be small for his age, but he was a scrapper. Ask me a bit of you, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I'm a real scrapper. Uh, unfortunately, I'm small for my age, <laughs> but I'm getting going to get bigger. <laughs> unfortunately, no, although that was not the case for Claude. He was no match for the beast. He never returned home that evening and his body was later found. He was yet another in a long line of victims of the beast of the Gévaudan. Damn, I thought he was going to, you know, fight him off if he was a scrapper, yeah. but sadly not. Yeah. Was Claude an adult? I missed that part. No, he was a, he was a, a child team. as well. God yeah. damn it. Child, but like the... They no. keep sending out their hearing. Now they're hearing about it. There's a beast. Um, it's, it's probably back in the day, too, where they have way too many kids. So they're probably like, off you go, Claude. Oh, yeah. Off you he's go, number the, three. He's got the least potential. And they're like, well, yeah. if we're going to risk anybody. Yeah, we'll send out number 17. <laughs> yeah. He's small for his age. I can't remember his name. According to Schwalbe and Romero, the priest recorded Claude's death and saw to the burial of his remains. The authorities pronounced this death, like the beast's other fatalities, as, quote, non naturel. Non-natural, wow. Which I think means uh, not natural. Okay. Or, or maybe not unusual. No, Tom Jones. Tom Jones, sorry. <laughs> this was unusual. Yeah. <laughs> it's not natural to be loved by anyone. Tom, it's it is. It's not natural. Come on, Tom. Tom, love is natural. Tom. Tom. It's like, the- love is yuck. <laughs> oh, it's just because you haven't done it. Come on, Tom. Yeah, Tom Jones hasn't done it. <laughs> I'm talking now about being loved. I'm being loved. Oh, no. oh, no. He's fucked. Yeah, yeah. He's never been loved. <laughs> he's he's, never he's loved. fucked, but he's never made love. <laughs> That's right. And there is a difference. There is a big difference, <laughs> I've been told. <laughs> Which one have you done? <laughs> I've done a third new one. <laughs> <laughs> the mat. <laughs> <laughs> the mat. <laughs> Want to come mat. home and mat? <laughs> I want to mat you so hard. <laughs> I was matting all night long. <laughs> Sorry, I'm late, guys. <laughs> I was matting all night long. <laughs> That's so silly. So you you might be thinking 
this base is never going to get done. <laughs> get done? It's never going to get done. <laughs> it's never going to get done. This is an unstoppable base. It's for sure. It's probably still out there. Never going to get done. Well, later that very week, on September the 20th, local villagers had taken down a large wolf they believed to have been the beast. Wow. They were paid a reward of 18 livres. Uh, which is probably not how it's pronounced, but that I'm not gonna I'm gonna stop saying that because it goes without saying that the things I'm saying is not how they're pronounced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're trying. Uh, and and these livres uh, were the French currency of the time, and this was three times the amount of a normal wolf killing reward. So there was a standard <laughs> wolf killing reward, I guess, of six wow. livres. So this is a, a triple reward. Okay. Uh, each livre apparently contained about four and a half grams of silver. This is back when money actually meant something. <laughs> <laughs> now it's just bleep, blop, bleep. Yeah. Oh, some little numbers in your little magical oh, wallet. Yeah, come okay. on. Oh, some ones and zeros, is it? Bleep, blop, bleep. Okay. Back when in the day of the livre, it was actual silver, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Get your head around it. Mm-hmm. Royal Bank of Australia or whatever you're called. Yeah. Is that what the R is? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Philip Lowe. Philip Lowe, you, you dog. low dog. <laughs> you fucking dog. You dog. Nah, good on you. Nah, fuck. Nah. nah. <laughs> Whatever. All right. <laughs> Bit of local content there. French people enjoy that, I'm sure. <laughs> and I'm sure we've got a big spike in French listeners because this is a story they, have, I'm sure, have not heard enough about. Yeah. <laughs> so they caught a big wolf. Got a big wolf. They think it's the beast. Okay, so we're done. Great. Great. 18 lives. Great. <laughs> And this is basically they just had to wait and see. The only yeah. way you know that it, it was the beast is if the attack stop. That's right. Why uh, not just check that that wolf's belly for bones? Oh, that's what they should have done. Yeah, there's no record of that. Um, but yeah, surely that's what you've done. Seems like little Jean's in there. Yeah, yeah. going help me. Like, oh, there you go. Got him. Did you go on the front or back door, little John? <laughs> Weird. Um, <laughs> so they're waiting. A week goes by, no more killings. Eight days go by, there's no more killings. Great. Nine days go by, <laughs> there's another killing. Oh, oh. They, so they caught an innocent wolf. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wolf no. who's just trying to avoid them. Yeah, all of a sudden the beast is like, huh, okay, well, if it's okay for you to do, then it's okay for me to do. And they're like, mm. you've already been doing it. He's like, what? No, you've given me the okay, yeah. so I'm going to start killing. <laughs> you've already been killing. Yeah, if you count- now, from now, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'll start killing. You've been doing it. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate the support. <laughs> Off to kill now for the first time. <laughs> At about 4.30pm on the 29th of September, 1764, Madeline Moray was checking in on her family's cattle in the pasture when she was set upon and killed by the beast. I have a theory, and that is this is a copycat wolf. Okay. First wolf's been taken out, first beast. Another wolf is stepping up. Right. That's my theory. Filling yeah. the shoes. Yeah. 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 Maybe it's a literal copycat, like a cougar or whatever you said or before. A cat. Panther. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, if it turns out this is just a small house cat. That's a cat with a, th- with a thirst for blood. Thirst for blood. Could be. A little tabby. When Madeline died, obviously Lafont and everyone in the know was like, ah, crap. No. And do they have to pay the money back? No, they still. Oh, ah, cool. What are you going to do? We've already spent it, mate. <laughs> yeah. It's been eight days. Yeah, come and get it. Come and get it. <laughs> From my tum. It's gone. <laughs> I went to the pub. Sorry. Le pub. <laughs> it's gone. According to Schwalbe and Romero, it was becoming colder in the Gévaudan. 
In October, there were about a dozen attacks and five deaths. Wow. wow. In one month? Yeah, more than one per week. A dozen attacks and five deaths. So some people are being attacked and not dying. Quite, Yeah, quite a lot. Wow. It's probably it- about one in three get killed shit and and the others survive but do the wolf go back to finish him off no it's like knock on their front door oh yeah i didn't get you Yo. but i'm back i always finish a job <laughs> he's the finisher <laughs> played by jason statham jason statham is this, this beast. jason statham is the beast of the jevudon <laughs> i know i will not be doing a french accent <laughs> that's it <laughs> i'm getting the text <laughs> He's like, he gobbles it up. He's like, you've just been wolfed down. <laughs> Says stuff like that. Yeah. Well, that's great. Very cool stuff. And then he dives off a diving board or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <Does> some diving. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you watch a lot of Satan, DJ. <laughs> oh, wait, that's just. Isn't that one of his cliches? The, uh, the kill then dive? <laughs> yeah, he does. He stabs on the throat, then does a perfect pin drop. <laughs> well, he was a diver. So. Oh my god! Yeah, like, no com- wonder he works in, in all those films. Was he really? Yeah, like, yeah. Com games. He's a com gamer. He's a com gamer. You can watch him on YouTube. Is there anything this man can't do? Um, oh, French accent. French accent. <laughs> no, he can. He, he won't. Refuses. Yeah, I'm very good actually. <laughs> I'm actually very good at it. No, I can't do it. What makes you think I'd risk my life for you? I can actually do a very good French accent. Thank you very much. I'm the Megalodon. <laughs> <laughs> or as you say, La Megalodon. I'm the Megalodon. So, yeah, so, so winter's hitting, or, you know, at least autumn into winter. There's more deaths. October has five deaths, more than one a week. And this month would also witness a new and more macabre development. Oh, my God. Uh, this bit's a little full on if you're squeamish, but, I, I, again, I won't go into too much details. The body of a young woman was 20, was discovered, but not until the following day was her head found. Schwalb and Romero ask, could an animal cause a human decapitation? And then they answer their question. (laughs) Yes. It's a good question to pose then. Okay, great. Was that one author asking the other? Do you think? <laughs> yeah, that might have been it. Yeah, Schwab, yes. Yes. Okay, dumb question. Don't write that. Don't write this down as well. Why are you still typing? <laughs> we work great together, Romero. <laughs> <laughs> this is all good stuff. I love you. <laughs> I'm the Romero of the podcast. She's an idiot, but we love her. <laughs> I'm the Schwab. <laughs> Schwab! (laughs) They go on to say, yes, it could. (laughs) Experts tell us that large predators' teeth could get the job done. Wow. The the viciousness of the attacks combined with the predators' hurried transport of the reins to a secluded location in which to consume their prey in peace might result in the dislodging of the head from the torso. Oh, that's awful. Here's a more- I, I knew that that was a pretty- Grim and grisly uh, fact of of the story. Yeah, so we th- quite quickly derailed it to something silly of the writers, though. So. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm following it up with probably my favourite thing that I read through the whole um, story. Apparently, on multiple occasions, when the beast attacked uh, a herder or shepherd or herder mainly, the cattle because the sheep were useless, but <laughs> <laughs> that the cattle stepped up. And defended their young human carers. Whoa! Isn't this sick? It's so good. So, uh, uh, around this time it happened, but it happened multiple times. The beast was uh, coming in for a herder, uh, but then 
the bovines came to its defence, they would bellow, shake their heads at the attacker, sort of charge at shaking their heads, looking big. Wow. Uh, they, they'd kick and generally use their big bodies as a, as a shield. Sometimes they would circle the herder to create a, a barrier wow. between them and the beast. And uh, yeah, so and quite a few times I actually saved their lives. Wow. You stupid cow. <laughs> They're hurting you to kill you. <laughs> now you're protecting them. Yeah, but they bring food. So yeah, okay. I love this yeah, game. They, they take us to a They nice don't know about grin. the betrayal yet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's so nice. If a cow saves your life, you can't eat it. I, I think that's agree. a good rule. I think that's a great rule. <laughs> I think I think I've just converted some people to uh, at least cow vegetarians. <laughs> mm. Mm. I eat a little bit of chicken now. And like what's a chicken ever done for me, you know? Oh, yeah. Imagine if you're circled by chickens. <laughs> that would be a nuisance, if anything. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> 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 the wolf's like, oh my god, this half dozen chickens are coming for me. Again, I wish we were filming this. He's fully chickening. He's fully over inhabiting the role of the chicken. <laughs> there's wings, there's facial expression. <laughs> Very expressive eyes, yeah, chickens. Wow. That was a chicken saying, what? What do you got? You want to go? At, you want to go? You want to go? Yeah. <laughs> come at me. You want to try and take my- Absolutely not. Chicken boy? <laughs> you got shepherds, you got herders. What's a- Yeah, chicken boy. Chicken, chicken boy. boy. <laughs> 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 or uh, can you call him a chicken tender? <laughs> oh, are you the pun master yeah, or are pun. you the pun master? That's a pun. That's a pun. <laughs> Isn't it? It's, it feels that's- like a shame that puns like that, very clever- but for some reason, they're awful. Oh, they're so bad. What you go, ah, oh, really like, like, all right, you think of a better one. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Is that something we're conditioned to or a pun's just shit? Yeah, it's strange. Even you're, like, that, you're like, that's pretty clever, that's but pretty also, clever, fuck but- you. <laughs> 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 fuck you, you smug prick. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe that's it. <laughs> maybe um, it's just in the delivery of puns because because quite often puns are sort of like a- eh, Yeah. 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 Like, or could you call them a chicken tender? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? It's like you're saying, get it? Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's the You delivery. know dry comedy? It's wet comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's sopping wet. Yes. Yeah. But if I just gone, oh, chicken tender, we probably just would have moved on and gone, but you've really but got then, to emphasise what you but mean. But then we would have got tweets like, yeah. Dave, they didn't acknowledge that <laughs> incredible joke. Going back and editing some ep- episodes, I, I realise all the jokes. It went up because I'm doing the reports that mm. I'm editing, uh, which I, I don't really do anymore because we've got a great editor named AJ. I don't know if we should have But you still listen, out, still listen back to the, the episode. Yes. Done. And, I hear, and I hear myself- um, just uh, missing great jokes you do. Yeah. And I'm talking about great jokes. Things like chicken tender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if Dave wasn't such a fucking sopping wet <laughs> boy over there, <laughs> dripping <laughs> with punny juices. Uh, what are we talking about? Yeah, so I just I just love that That's idea great. about yeah, the cows. Yeah, the cows are stepping up. I love it. I have cried at a video of a dog protecting its child owner. Oh, oh that's enough. Like a lot of like, dogs yeah. also put themselves- uh, right in harm's way throughout this whole ordeal. Wow. A, a bunch of them will go and they'll take much smaller dogs, compa- Small, comparatively. Sm- smaller yeah. than a pug. Smaller, Some even smaller <laughs> than a pug. 
took it on like fully uh, protecting the family. You're like, ah, oh, you gotta love that. That's what so the- nice. But what was the dog protecting the baby from? Another dog, like a, ah. a, a, it was a little kid, and its dog were like playing in the front yard, and like the mum was nearby, and another dog came running from across the street, and the pet dog like immediately put himself in between the other dog and the kid and, like, chased him off and kept sort of putting himself in front of the kid. It was really sweet. That's great. Mum got in there very quickly and picked the kid up and somebody else got the other dog. It was, you know, it was everybody was doing the right thing, but it was just really nice to see this dog, like, no fucking way. Like, the dog just changed from, like, bouncing around having a lovely time to then, like, I'm gonna, I'll fuck you if I have to. I'll fucking kill you. There is a story that I don't go into too much details of later that is so similar to that, a mum with her two kids and their dog. And the dog goes it, and the mum's there, wow. and she becomes like a uh, like a bit of a national hero. Wow! Um, My dog would be like, "See ya. <laughs> Good luck." <laughs> hey, rope. Going back to my bed. <laughs> Go back to dad. He's my favourite. Fucking idiot. Your your limp body would be there, and it'd piss on you. <laughs> <laughs> he probably would. <laughs> ah, I love him. Ah, that's how he shows affection. <laughs> I assume. This takes a piss. Uh, others would see it as contempt, but nah. I'm pretty sure it's affection. <laughs> so, as it turns out, you know, we're talking about how they're recruiting a lot of peasants. So, <laughs> there's big hunts going on, a couple of nobles, and then all, all the manpower is the peasant class. And they were probably lucky to have the cows because they were at a distinct disadvantage compared to the nobility. According to Schwalb and Romero, in consequence of laws put in place centuries earlier- Nobles alone could possess and use firearms. Oh, my God. So, they were out on these hunts basically with sharpened sticks. Boxing gloves. <laughs> yep. Come on. Uh, Put them up. Come on. Somebody's just going to yell some firm words at that yeah. beast. These were their weapons. They had words. Mm. Use your words. Prayers. <laughs> That's where the saying use your words comes yeah, from. Yeah, right. You come at me also. <laughs> I will also. I'm very litigious. <laughs> Letigious. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so they right. had these sharpened sticks. You would think in this sort of setting, maybe give them some guns. And uh, our man LaFont, who seems like the, I mean, he comes across as the sort of the level-headed one in all of this, mm-hmm. just wants to, you know, sort this out. Stop people dying. On, there's other people with big egos around uh, and the peasants who are just trying to survive, but he's in the middle sort of seemingly. Um, so he had to fight for, amazingly, but eventually won the temporary legislation or legalisation, sorry, for anyone to be able to bear arms in his local area for the purpose of hunting the beast. What a funny, like, like having to fight for that is a funny idea. Yeah. It feels like a bit of a no-brainer. It does feel a little bit common sense. But <laughs> common sense, not that common. <laughs> <laughs> you have any other French there? <laughs> nah, it's just something boomers say. <laughs> oh, okay. Not like it was back in our day. Yeah, when everybody had Everyone common sense. Was, and a- nobody had a PlayStation. <laughs> what? <laughs> sense was, honestly, it was very, everyone had it. You we played outside. Those kids those are playing stories, outside. Don't it loud out there. The nostalgic stories of, and it's people like of my age, like of all ages, hmm. but you'll hear those nostalgic stories and then they'll follow it up with a story from back in the day about some asshole. Yeah. You're like, everyone back in my day had respect. Yeah. And then that five minutes later, they'll be off on a tangent going, anyway, Janine, she was such a rude asshole <laughs> and I hate her. And that's why I burnt down her 
trampoline. <laughs> and people don't do that these days. <laughs> they don't stand up for themselves. <laughs> Hang on. We've gone in such a weird circle here. So, uh, he was able to get guns in peasants' hands. Good idea. But on top of that, he was also able to have the reward increase significantly to 200 liveries. Ooh. Wow. Remember, 18 was seen as pretty good. Mm. 200 was equal to a year's salary for a day labourer. Wow. So, this was it become a, a big, big reward. But amongst all this, the attacks continued. According to Schwalb and Romero, on October the 8th, a 12-year-old boy named Jean Retour was savaged but survived. He lived on to the age of 76, becoming a priest, uh, but his scars told the story of his harrowing encounter with the beast. So he had scars for the rest of his life. And this was a common story. Those who survived the attacks lived on but with physical and mental scars for the rest of their days. There's one woman who is attacked, uh, I think, a year or so from now, and she becomes known as the French term for Scarface. Okay. It becomes her name. That's nice, isn't it? It seems like there's so many people around. There's, like, literally hundreds of people who survived these attacks. But she's the one who got the name. She must be stoked with that. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Because usually I hear these stories of these beasts and I think, yeah, whatever. Someone saw it out in the desert somewhere. Okay. But this, hundreds of people have seen it, right? That's right. This is- hundred people have been attacked. So it's, if it's there's one of those something, crypto- There's something out there. It's like a bit- It's big in the cryptozoology world, but it, it, it existed as something. It's got to be something. But, you know, like, while uh, Mulder's saying, this is a-, a a werewolf, or yeah, th- yeah. this is yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. a devil beast. Scully's going. There's got to be some <laughs> Kermit, Kermit <laughs> Scully, Kermit <laughs> Scully. There's got to be scared. some sort of the uh, explanation for this Mulder. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder if it is just one. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That see, that's what the the Scullys are saying. This just sounds like it's multiple wolves. Yeah, it's a pack of wolves. Yes, or something. exactly. Mm. Uh, who are behaving quite odd. Because, honestly, they'd be full. Yeah. And, you know, you come back having just been attacked by a wolf. You're probably, to you, it's going to seem more full on than a normal wolf, mm. probably. You're not used to seeing them right up, you know, literally. And <laughs> yeah. wolves are Jaws bigger than you, you think. Mm. I, th- I think. <laughs> <laughs> bigger than we think, but not than you think? I don't know. Because that uh, that's a real, um, what do you call those things that uh, contradict themselves? It's a real paradox what you've just done there. Yeah. A wolf is bigger than I think. I think. Wait, hang on. How big are wolves? wolves. <laughs> but I think they're, so that means I think they're bigger than I think they are, which means they're bigger than that. They measure up to six which means feet bigger in than that. length. Six feet in length. Including wow. tail and about 30 inches in height at the shoulders. Yeah, All that's right. big. So they reckon, they're saying it's big for a wolf. What kgs are we saying? Uh, well, that's got it in pounds. But they're they're also describing it differently. Colorations, first type is different. Some people <laughs> saying face like a calf. Everything different. The big yeah. grey wolves are seventy to one hundred and fifteen pounds. Ah, oh, that's not that big, is it? You get dogs that hang on seventy pounds. Seventy is thirty one kilos. Yeah, you that's get- pretty big. Up to fifty two. It's about as big as you, Dave. It's a big dog. That's your comedy, right? <laughs> That's big for me. Yeah. But not big for a dog. Okay. <laughs> you know, like big, big dogs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, big, big dogs. <laughs> like, you know, I can think you, you can get Labradors at 35 kilos. Yeah, true. But anyway, you're, this is a normal wolf. That's not the size of this mm. beast. So, yeah, Dave. but I'm just thinking, but, you're, but remember your theory was that maybe they think it looks bigger than it is because it's up close. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, and I was thinking, yeah, maybe it is because I was thinking, if wolves are bigger than I think, according to Jess, she thinks. <laughs> 
that maybe they're like 100 kilos. But, yeah, six feet long is longer than that's, I was expecting. That's long. So, they must be pretty slim. Including tail, unless the tail is oh, five foot long. Yeah, yeah. They're all <laughs> tail. They're actually part of the snake family. <laughs> they're all tail. I mean, they are smaller than a Great Dane, so right. who cares? Oh, yeah. But you see Great Danes walking around the park, you're like, that's a fucking horse. I wouldn't want to <laughs> fight a Great Dane. No, but they're, one, they're one quite on lazy, apparently. Thank God. They've got apartment dogs. Isn't that crazy? Really? They're, they're, yeah, they're lazy. They sleep a lot. They'd, be, I guess they'd work as a coffee table. Yes. Or a poof. Put your feet up on them. What were we talking about? I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> I went off on a tangent. Never apologise. I was like, they're bigger than I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about the reward. Yeah, now the they're reward. all going out because it's, it's worth like a year's wages and now the peasants have the guns. So, game on, Wolfie. Uh, and, yes, we had the, the boy Jean Retour. Who survived? Yeah, became, scar- a became a priest, and then Scarface, the Scarface, lady. Yes. Uh, only a few hours later, after the priest, the priest boy was attacked. The beast was seen on the grounds of the Chateau de la Boom, uh, which is the big castle in the area, which had the nickname of Le Petit Versailles de Gévedon. The, the small Versailles, yeah, Gévedon. <laughs> so pretty, pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, it was just it was a big castle. In yeah. the area. Well, it's a small Versailles, which is a very big castle. Is big. Which is actually bigger than you think, Versailles. <laughs> uh, the beast had its eye on another young herdsman in the in the grounds of Le Petit Versailles de Gévedon. Uh, but hunters got after it and it fled into the estate's woods. Peasants were given the job of being beaters. All right, peasants, come around. We've got a job for you. Peasants, come around. You're allowed to have guns now. We don't have we don't have any give you. We got a better job. You're gonna be the beaters. Oh, what do we do? Well, what you do is you go into the bush where the wolf is, unarmed, and uh, make a big racket. Really make yourself known. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll give you a full drum kit. <laughs> well, yeah, basically we'll give you some sticks. We'll give you just have, make a real racket. Ah, one of those one ah, man bands with the yeah. cymbals and the drum. <laughs> 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 Symbols between the knees. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically, you just go in there, make a lot of noise, and uh, you rustle it out, and then we'll, you know, we'll take the shot and the reward. <laughs> Even though you've taken the risk of going right up to it. So this was the plan. They knew the beast was in these woods. We'll send in the peasants. <laughs> send in the peasants. <laughs> Amazingly, oh, or not, this worked. The wolf was sort of scared out by the noise out in the open. But hey, it's poor people. Yeah. Very close. close. Very close. Le Pong. <laughs> it was just hanging out in the small chateau. And now it's got these poor people. Like, on oh, them. these woods, they've gone <laughs> to the dogs. <laughs> uh, back to Schwalbe and Romero. The beast was spotted and had at last become prey itself. And so its hunters took aim, fired and hit their target. Oh. But to their astonishment, the animal fell only to rise and run on. No. Another shot and again success. The creature dropped. But through the thick white smoke of gunpowder, they witnessed the same phenomenon. The beast scrambled to its feet and took off once again. No. Around this time, it started to get the reputation of being bulletproof. Whoa. That's not what you want. No. No, no, that is inconvenient. Yeah. 
Especially when guns is your best. Yeah, what else you got? Form bazookas? Of Do they have them. bazookas yet? I don't know if bazookas. They're only a couple of years away from bazookas. Mm-hmm. Bazo- uh, unfortunately, it was believed the beast was bazooka proof. <laughs> Typical. Oh, my God. Blowing it up only makes it stronger. (laughs) (laughs) It absorbs the power. It becomes a bazooka. (laughs) Uh, The hunters pursued it until nightfall, anxious to finish off the wounded animal and resume the next morning pre-dawn. 200 men scoured the woods of Chateau de la Bume, hoping to find the deceased beast, but it was not to be. It had vanished. Not to beast. To beast or not to beast. (laughs) It had vanished. (laughs) It had vanished. It had gone. Even though it'd been shot twice. So clearly they're like, it's wounded. It's probably gone somewhere quiet to uh, just die and we'll find the, the carcass. But it, it was gone. Oh, my God. Did they check the local hospital? <laughs> <laughs> they should have done a ring around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is anyone coming Sorry, with two bullet, long bullet shot here. Also, they're a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> but with Could like have a, led with that. With like a calf face. <laughs> <laughs> You'll know it if you say it. <laughs> You'll know what I'm talking about. If you don't know, you haven't seen yeah. it. <laughs> Thanks, anyway. Better right. keep moving. Uh, yell if you see anything. All right. All right. All right. Give us a yell. All right. <laughs> Hours later, so they've sort of given up. It's vanished. Hours later, the creature was observed travelling with a limp. <laughs> Sorry. I think it's like travelling on a train or something. <laughs> Travelling via plane. In first class. It as far away from the peasants yeah. as possible. <laughs> it's a real classist and misogynistic. This is a picture of sitting back reading a paper, legs crossed. Hmm. And then when someone comes up, excuse me, are you, are you the beast? Ugh. I get this all the time. Sorry, no I'm, autographs today. I'm, I'm with just, my family. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nursing an injury. <laughs> I'd really just like some rest. So I was spotted with a limp. Spotted with a limp and soon after- Attacked another herd boy. My God, you, you're right. Oh, just God. you think if it is the same beast, which it sounds like it is, surely it's full after eating a boy. Yeah, for like a <laughs> couple of days. But it feels like for a couple of days. A couple of days. But this thing, and it, it eats a boy a day, and it also seems like <laughs> crazy. The metabolism is extraordinary. Well, that's what people are starting to go. It, it doesn't seem to be motivated by hunger. It just what, <laughs> seems to want to kill humans. It's just bloodthirsty. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Wow. On October the 10th, a youth was injured by the beast. A youth. Uh, at dusk on the same day, the beast ambushed three siblings, a boy of 12, a boy of six, and a girl of about 10 years of age. It seized the terrified girl and started to make off with her when she was torn from its jaws by her brothers who pricked the beast uh, with their sticks with knives attached to the top. Oh, my God. So, they sort of used, they poked it with these knife sticks and saved their sister's life. Like they've got their and own- again, it's gone for the girl, not the little boy. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Unfucking believable Yeah, what is the oh, deal, and then beast? the brothers had to save their sister. Damsel in distress bullshit. <laughs> Who's riding this? She can this? save herself, <laughs> yeah, boys. On, this is hack. <laughs> if my brother was trying to save me, I'd say, leave it. I can do it myself. <laughs> and he's st- wriggling out of the jaws. <laughs> I'm stabbing from inside. Now let me go. Now stop, stop it. Stop it. Down. Down, beast. So, yeah, when I said the funny thing, or the weird thing over the letter, and you said not weird, different. <laughs> You're right. But it's that one. It's it's la bête, but it's the E. So, B-E-T-E, but the first E has like a, a roof on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, yeah. a triangle without the bottom. Yep. What does that an do to an, an E? V. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know. It's what a much it does. more efficient way of saying it. No, but you were you were, you were acting it out, which oh, okay. was fun. You with an E. <laughs> it was very cute, um, but useless because I don't know. Nah, Dave, you're, no. you're studying French. Yeah, we, we. You haven't got to uh, little hats, E hats yet. No. <laughs> People are yelling at their iPods right now. Apuds. Uh <laughs> <laughs> just made it sound like you said I pooed. <laughs> Jess. I, I pooed. <laughs> Jess, and now I keep know. talking. We, we can have a break if. Uh... Uh, this is Matt and I pooed. I pooed. <laughs> You're listening to me. <laughs> this show must go on. Uh, Schaub and Romero. <laughs> Two of the greats. Continue. Then a woman was killed on October 11th and a second decapitation occurred on October 15th. My God. The beast was again spotted, this time by Jean-Pierre Purcher, who was working alone in a barn shortly before nightfall. He grabbed his gun and fired. The creature fell, but got to his feet once again. Jean-Pierre fired again, and the animal fell once more. But it got up for the second time. Oh, it was like a fucking Terminator, this thing. Yeah. Made a wild cry, apparently, according to Jean-Pierre. What did that sound like? Oh! 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 Why? Oh! 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 This really inconvenienced. Oh! 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 I just shot two more times. Yeah. My favourite part about some of this bullshit that we do is that there are people that work in this office. They <laughs> 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 just hear stuff like that. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so this, the new studio is pretty well soundproof. Well. <laughs> Not well enough for that. I'll be asking around. <laughs> okay. Did you hear that? Did you hear Matt get stabbed, <laughs> shot three times and get back up? Remember at the first, this is the third Stupid Old Studios. (laughs) At the original one, the walls of the pod studio, two of them were curtains. (laughs) And Arnie Donna used to rehearse. Like they they probably are now, but we just can't hear them. But back then, it would just bleed in through. And we assumed it would be catch caught by the mics. Apparently, we'd mention it off in early episodes, but no one could hear it. I think there were episodes where people could hear them. Because there's a bit of screaming from those boys. Yeah. Yeah, Yelling out calm and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. They've done it again. (laughs) That's back then. They've probably, I don't know if they're doing a lot of cum stuff anymore. Still a fair bit of cum stuff. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, these days we can't even hear it. And I lived at that studio. So, and the bedroom walls were as thin as anything. Uh, I think they were, maybe it was was like a thick piece of paper, I think, was used for the walls. Yes, (laughs) Cardboard. A beautiful- Cardboard. A a paper with a real heft Mm, to it. A a high GSM. So, I'd I'd wake up some days to all sorts of sounds being made. Dr. Brown used to have run classes there, (laughs) clowning classes. (laughs) I'd wake up, like, you'd- some of it would creep into your dreams. You have, like, a pretty wild dream, and then you wake up and go, oh. (laughs) There's a clown clown. (laughs) 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 And the clowns are not in my dream. (laughs) They're in my house. (laughs) The clowns are coming from inside the building. (laughs) Anyway, so, yeah, it's been shot multiple times again, which at least puts it off. Wouldn't it be disheartening, though, that you're, like, about to get a year's wages for a reward? Yeah. Oh, well, at least I guess it, it left. That's not yeah, a bad- hopefully it's not coming back. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't hold a grudge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this beast. <laughs> Wouldn't put it past it. 
As news of the beast continued to spread by churches and whatnot, the fear was rapidly bringing local commerce to a halt. And with good reason, you'd think, peasants and tradespeople were afraid to head to their jobs in mm. the fields or the markets. I reckon that's fair enough. I reckon I'd be getting to the point where I'd probably be working from home. Hard to do that as a herdsman. Yeah, but like- Send the it, kids out. If there was a like a beast somewhere in this studio, I'd be saying, let's record somewhere else. Okay. Until it's dealt with, God, you know? you're a coward. Yeah, I am a coward, though. You have no- like, it's just so unprofessional. Yeah, no You're loyalty. No loyalty, no to dedication the to the craft. Mm. Yeah. What about the listeners out there? Well, I know they'll, you know, the show would finish with a blood curdling scream each week as one of us is taken down. Which would sound like. Ow! <laughs> Ow, God! Come on! Try to do a part of guys! Why me? <laughs> There's others here. Yeah, come on. What about Ali Donna? Broden's got a lot of meat in his bones. Go kill Broden. No, it's a lot of, like, muscle. Oh, is muscle It'd not be- good to eat? I-, I imagine it would be quite, like, uh, chewy. Oh, I always thought muscle was the good stuff. Yeah, I don't know, actually. Huh. We need to ask a cannibal. Yeah. We got it. Should we bring back that old segment we used to do? Ask a cannibal? Yeah, I think we should. <laughs> Just to check in on the cannibal, yeah. too. Dave, you can be the cannibal this week. Okay. Now, uh, thanks so much for joining us for our- Weekly segment, Ask the Cannibal. Great to be here. Now, Cannibal. Feeling quite hungry, but this yes. Is, apologies if this is a common question that's asked. What's better to eat, mm. muscle or fat? Mm. My preference is all of the above. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't ask a cannibal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who would yeah, you you're ask? Right. Like, what would be, but, but like, yeah, what is meat if not, like, muscle? Sorry, Cannibal. Thanks for joining us. That was very rude. <laughs> yeah, so sorry. What, I've moved on. <laughs> what are you guys doing for lunch? Back in your cage, Cannibal. <laughs> I'm caged. I love that voice you put on too for the character. Mm. That was fantastic. You really embodied <laughs> the cannibal. Cannibal Craig. <laughs> cannibal Craig. I can't hear the difference. <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about again? I know. I keep I keep forgetting what I'm talking about. Oh, me. It's been shot a couple of times. Oh, that's right. Brian being eaten. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Retracing yeah. our steps uh-huh. and uh, we find out just how insane we sound. So, they're getting a bit desperate and they're starting to come up with, you know, new tactics. Some of them a bit grim, including this one, uh, old mate, the Count, uh, Count Jean-Francois Charles de la Moulet, uh, who Lafont first hooked up with months earlier. Oh. <laughs> oh, did I not mention that? The Count was still, through all this time, heading out, leading hunts, a uh, bunch of peasants in tow, unarmed, and he's taken them out. Um, even though they're now legally allowed to carry guns, there weren't enough guns to go around. So a lot of the peasants, even though they were legally allowed to have them, were still relying on their sticks and words. <laughs> Common theory at the time was that the beast could have been some sort of apex predator from Africa that had escaped a private residence's collection, which I think you've both sort of had a bit of a stab at earlier. I reckon it could be a camel. Ooh. Mm. I had no idea what it looked like. Yeah. That's sort of got a face of a calf. Yeah. And the and the taste for blood. Yeah. And sort of and longish hair. That'd be pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. And these wintry <laughs> alpine <laughs> like yeah, yeah. perfect conditions. Conditions. perfect settings. Mm. I mean the camel is sort of like a living mountain, you know? Holy shit. Oh my god. So if you want if you want to be blend in mountain conditions, if you want to blend in, yeah. Go send in the living mountain. That's right. This all makes sense. Yeah. So, if Charles Barkley's not available, round bound of rebound, <laughs> send in the camel. So, the Count's uh, thinking that the, he 
personally thinks it's it's this is what it is. It's some sort of African animal. He's thinking the oncoming winter will sort this thing out. An African animal's not going to enjoy being out in the snow. But this turned out to be wishful thinking. As it turned out, the snowy conditions probably hindered the hunters more than the hunters. <laughs> Many hunt days were cancelled due to the weather, while the beast continued on its killing spree. <laughs> They're oh like, my God. it's raining outside. I can't be bothered. Fairly like a full on snow and stuff. They're like, they planned this big day. Hundreds of people were ready to go, and they're like, oh, it's actually pretty grim out there. It's, it's actually- going to kill more of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the conditions are awesome for skiing, and that sounds fun. <laughs> Let's go Let's skiing. Go. I mean, we've already all taken the day off yeah. work. <laughs> We got a full meter of the good stuff. Get out there. <laughs> Cut to they're doing snow angels. And- <laughs> Just having a really nice. It was actually a really beautiful moment of community That's bonding. Great. Brought them in. That's <laughs> this is what they needed. Brought them in. Brought them in together. This yeah, is what they needed. Sure. needed. This is what France needed. A snow day. <laughs> I was always jealous of, like, American t- movies and stuff where they had a snow day. Oh, and school gets cancelled and they all run out to the street. That looks so fun. Yeah, we didn't have any. The best we had was uh, hot weather day things where they, like, shorten lunch and I think you have to leave earlier and they oh. went around the playground with a hose. Yeah, our school. I was about to ask you if your schools would, because ours would turn the sprinklers on on the oval. On the oval and mm. you could run through the sprinklers. Yeah. yeah. You guys did that too? Yeah, you run through the spring But do you not think, like, if we say that to people who live in, like, cold climates or other countries or something, how baffling that sounds? <laughs> yeah. And they would take us out, like, you know, one classroom at a time or, you know, one year level at a time, let the kids run run around the oval in the sprinklers, get soaking wet, and then go back to class because yeah, right. it was so hot. We probably didn't have air con. We just probably just had ceiling fans. Yes, that's true. It had to be like 40 plus and they'd do that. They'd take us out the sprinklers. Yeah. That's so cute. Tell the sprinklers. And it was so much fun. You'd be so excited mm, if the yeah. sprinklers were happening. That's almost as good as a snow day. Yeah. I would have died for a sprinkler. Just getting hosed down, yeah. <laughs> smashed in the face with water. <laughs> what, the teachers got on the jet setting? <laughs> <laughs> and they're just targeting you because you've been a bit of a shit that yeah. day. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Some of the teachers would have really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. I would I would love that. I uh, sh- that's why I shouldn't be a teacher. <laughs> just a smashing little Johnny in the back yeah. of the head. Oh, did I get you, mate? Sorry about that. Up you get. Up you get. Up you get. Dust stuff off. Up you get. Oh, you're down again, Johnny. Oh, God, you're you are today, turd. Oh, that is that does sound very full on, very clumsy today. You're gaslighting children, <laughs> waterboarding yeah. a child. <laughs> yes, I'm not a teacher, guys. Yeah, it's okay. Okay, we won't let any kids. It's fine. <laughs> not alone. I'm starting to understand Goose. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's messed up. He won't protect you. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, thank God, take her. Hosing him down in your apartment. <laughs> he loves it. Oh, so I, I mentioned but never got to it. The Count decreed a grisly new tactic. They needed they needed to change tact. They're like, we need this isn't working. How do we get it? Uh, reluctantly, the Count advised that if the beast killed again, the victim's corpse must be left where it was. Uh, and, and they started even treating the corpse with poison. The hope was that the creature would return to its kills. Oh. And they thought it had been. So, they're like, we poison it, it goes back to continue feeding. And then we kill that we way. We kill it That's that a classic way. serial killer. Don't they return to the scene sometimes just to, like, you know, or go mm. bury the victim somewhere and go and visit it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This thing's twisted. Yeah, this is a mm. twisted It's probably beast. got some trophies. Mm. Like the head. Yeah, skulls. that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it's starting to- Doesn't that happen as well, serial killers? Their MO, like, gets more and more full on. What just started decapitating him, you know, a while in mm. to its journey. <laughs> it's not the destination for a serial killer. <laughs> just about going. Yeah. 
<laughs> and killing. <laughs> and killing. Lafont had stayed in contact with powerful people across France, keeping them abreast of all things Le Bout. <laughs> the beast. <laughs> I'm sure I'm saying some other. <laughs> it'd be the boot, probably, or something like that. I've, instead of a breast, I've started saying a boob. A boob. I'll keep you a boob. It's <laughs> <laughs> really fun. It's fun. Just if anybody wants to incorporate that into their vocab. And you know. do you wait to see if anyone calls you up on it? I don't really say it outside of my household, oh, to be okay. honest. It'd be great if you put it in there just to see if people are like, sorry, did you say a boob? Yes. I'll keep you a boob, a boob of my ETA. Yeah. I'll keep you a boob. Okay. All right. <laughs> hey, don't finish all that boob. I've got, I'm saving I'm some going, boob. I'm, I'm saving room for boob. Gotta save some boob. One of these powerful people that LaFont was keeping contact with was military commander Count Monken. Oh. Monken sent more than 50 dragoons to the area to take over the hunt. 50 Finally, dragoons. The big, the big guns were coming in. I think dragoons mean something like dragons. In French. So, he's bringing 50 dragons. <laughs> but dragoons back then were musket-armed soldiers on horseback and on foot. Oh, okay. They did the big two. At the same time? Yeah. Wow. One on, one off. <laughs> uh, it was very uncomfortable, <laughs> but it was kind of their thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They were to be captained by one Sergeant Major Jean-Baptiste Boulinger, Monsieur Duhamel. I'm just going to call him Duhamel. Uh, I've had to write in brackets. This word more than February and others, I cannot say. It's it's spelt Monsoir, right? But it said Monsieur. Monsieur. Yeah, man. I, every time, so I've put it in brackets every time I have to say, <laughs> which is only a couple of times. Anyway, little peek behind the curtain there. According to Schwalb and Romero, the 32-year-old Duhamel was eager to set something right after sharing in the collective humbling of the French armed forces in the Seven-Year War. Mm. He was there, and apparently a lot of people there was very ego-bruising. You know, they they went in thinking, you want to start a fight with us, France? We're the big boys. Mm. And they're tailed between their legs by the end of it. So he specifically requested the mission to destroy the man-eater. He was convinced that, at this moment, his rightful place in the universe was that of champion-to-be of the ravaged Gévedon. Gévedon. There are many signs of wounded masculinity among the lead huntsmen, Smith says, the uh, historian I quoted before, especially Duhamel. He had a highly sensitive regard for his own honour and had some bad experiences in the war and looked at this challenge of defeating the beast as his way to redeem himself. Right. So he was all in. He's like, this is my chance. Uh, they arrived at the end of October. This is uh, Duhumel and his dragoons. Uh, they arrived in full uniform, you know, full old school French army wow. get-ups. They had the, the best of the best modern weapons of the day, guns and pistols. Surely Duhumel and his dragoons would finally put an end to Le Bid's Reign of terror. Don't know why. Said the English words weird, Deb. At this time, the print media was starting to kick off as well. Ugh, typical. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just I heard print media and I was, I was a bit triggered. Sorry, the lamestream media. <laughs> yeah. uh, news of the beast helped sell papers. And these sort of early days of the newspapers becoming bigger and bigger. And uh, obviously, it helped sell papers, also helped spread awareness and fear of the beast. According to Lorraine. Boussonet, writing for the Smithsonian, because political news was mostly censored by the king, newspapers had to turn to other sources of information and entertainment to bolster subscriptions. Francois Morayen, uh, creator and editor of the Courrier d'Avignon, 
uh, used a new type of reporting where he took stories of everyday incidents in small villages similar to today's true crime to tell the tale. His reportage uh, in particular transformed the beast from a backwater calamity into a national affair. So it was becoming big news nationally Mm. now. Huge. Apparently one paper started selling about three times as many copies after it started reporting on the beast. So it was good for business. And this is something people talk about as well. If it wasn't for the newspapers, maybe this story would basically be forgotten. Oh, right, because it was just so local. Yeah. And at the time, you know, disparate sort of communities and whatnot. Mm. But the other thing is the... Records of it have been so good um, that just like people who were reporting on it, and there's so many books, mainly written in French, apparently, uh, movies and all sorts of things, but they've got great records still uh, about each death. That's why you know all these names. Not all of them are recorded. And one of the things about why they aren't recorded was interesting is because some of the kids died before getting First Communion or whatever. It was a very Catholic country at the mm-hmm. time, and that basically meant that they weren't their names weren't recorded and stuff. Ah, I guess they weren't quite seen as as human yet. Wow! My God, that might be that's probably over over sourcing it a bit. And it, in the end, it wasn't only the French papers; it became big international news. The as Australian well. papers. Oh yeah, the, the Murdoch press was all over <laughs> it. <laughs> the Moorabbin Standard. Uh, I remember delivering a paper about it. Front page news. Oh, the oh, presses. Wow. Yeah. Not Jevedon. What were you using to get around uh, to deliver the papers? Like, oh, it was like a proto penny farthing. <laughs> <laughs> the original one had the big wheel at the back. <laughs> it probably oh, okay. I was going to say it probably helps to throw them from a height, but if the yeah. big wheel's at the back, it's not that. Helpful. Yeah, my knees were dragging on the ground. <laughs> it was not very efficient. <laughs> then it was painful too, to be honest. But it's all we knew. <laughs> we're still like better than walking. <laughs> Walking on my knees, anyway, because they would would have been ripped up. Yeah, anyway. well, yeah. <laughs> horribly ripped up. <laughs> According to Schwalb and Romero, publications in London, Amsterdam, Brussels, Cologne, Boston, and other cities gave coverage to the story of the beast. Amazing. Images were reproduced on tin plates and ceramic ware. Taxidermy specimen hyenas of the Gévaudan were sold in subsequent years as yard accents. It became a big cultural phenomenon. Wow. Right. But imagine that you're like, my child was absolutely savage and mauled by this. And you've got a fake one in your front yard yeah. for a bit of fun. Feels, for a bit of fun. Feels pretty poor taste. <laughs> yeah. You've got a commemorative plate <laughs> next to your uh, William and Kate wedding plate. <laughs> yeah, I'm imagining these aren't these aren't happening in the towns. <laughs> yeah. Probably. It's probably mm. in the big smoke right, like, Paris right. and stuff. Yeah, okay. but- Cologne think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, down in that place, so we're not even sure if it really exists. <laughs> but that's another reason why they're like, it's it's almost mythical. Down there, the Gévaudan? Yeah, What does that sure. even mean? It's not even on the fucking map. What, you mean the question mark area? <laughs> I thought that was where the Riddler was from. <laughs> uh, the creature reappeared in mid-November, attacking four adults between the 18th and the end of the month. On the 25th, it brought death to 60-year-old widow Catherine Valley with another decapitation. Perhaps even more disturbing, Duhamel, as uh, the Count had suggested, used her remains as bait, believing, as had been insisted, the beast would come back for more. It didn't. (laughs) So, just kind of a final grim insult to the deceased. Yeah. They just, like, stuffed her full of poison. Yeah. Put her out in the field and then and even... waited for three days. Oh, God, that's so good. Yeah, so sad. So this was obviously frustrating. To help motivate the hunters and to keep their spirits up, 
the reward was increased to a total, remember what it was, 200, 200 levers. 200. It was now 4,000 <laughs> levers. Oh 200 was a year's wage for a, a laborer, so 4,000, basically a small fortune was being offered for the head of the beast. 200 is a year's wage, 4,000. Mm. 20 years wage. Holy shit. For us, that's like a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> we get one twentieth of a billion. <laughs> Every year. Again, thank you for supporting us on Patreon. <laughs> one billion dollars. Uh, in mid-December, the, crazy. the beast went on another killing spree. It's funny that I'm calling it a killing spree. This is one continuous killing spree yeah. with little breaks in between. Not another one. Starting fresh every time. Yeah, each yeah. time it says- it's Trying to quit. That's it. Yeah, it's trying yeah. to quit. Never again. <laughs> it's hard. Today is the first day of the rest of my <laughs> killing free life. Oh, no, I've killed again. <laughs> tomorrow. Tomorrow. I promise tomorrow. No, well, Monday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, it's a long weekend, Tuesday. It's it. <laughs> okay. Well, if it's already Tuesday- Yeah, I'll see yeah. out the week. <laughs> see out the week. It makes sense. And that will take us pretty deep into the month. So, I'll make it to the end of the month. Yeah. Hang on, but that only leaves two more weeks of the semester. <laughs> so, really. And then there's only one more month to the end of the financial year. <laughs> I may as well start fresh. Okay. Oh, but then tax time is a stressful time, <laughs> and I probably don't want to be going cold turkey then. Yeah. So I know what I'm like. <laughs> and Christmas is just around the corner. Yeah, from oh. the end of financial year. Oh, my year. God, and now the hot cross buns are on the shelves. So, really. Yeah, January 1st, the buns are out. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> Buns out, beast out. That's what we say. So, uh, In mid-December, the beast is, is on this killing spree. Oh, many, almost buns time. <laughs> many decapitations. Oh, no. Uh, the victims, including a 45-year-old herder, Catherine Chastang, before taking out another eight victims one by one. People of all ages. No one was safe. But like I say, it was still mainly women and children. Mm-hmm. Um, Typical. I think this beast had a sort of a Titanic-like- um, <laughs> Yeah. Women and children <laughs> He misunderstood. It's like, no, to safety. <laughs> to kill? To eat? <laughs> yeah. Okay. He was a big fan of uh, Cameron's work, <laughs> yeah. James Cameron's work. Well, he is like a fucking Terminator, this guy. <laughs> he is, isn't he? <laughs> uh, despite high hopes, Duhamel and his dragoons were having no luck at all. He's And apparently super dedicated- <laughs> He he wants to you know you know save his own reputation. All oh, right, yeah. So he's putting everything and into it. And the people. It. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's more interested yeah, yeah. in his rep. Totally. It I does, need this. He's saying <laughs> that is that does feel a bit like that. Yeah. Mm. Then in late December, after having no luck for a few months, he finally set his eyes on the beast back at its old hunting ground, the Chateau de la Bume, <gasps> La Petite Versailles. Uh. Unfortunately, though, some of his dragoons, more like some of his buffoons, accidentally <laughs> spooked the creature and it got away before they could get any shots. They were just setting off some fireworks. <laughs> huh. I thought it'd be For pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas. Come on. Oh, we do this every time of year. Not when we're hunting a beast. Oh, I don't want to have to tell you again. <laughs> I'll do them all. Fuck, what a party pooper. <laughs> it's all about the beast with this guy. He So, he's finally seen it, though, and Duhamel described the beast saying, it had a breast as wide as a horse, a body as long as a leopard. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. It had a boob as wide as a horse. Sorry. A boob. It had a boob as wide as a horse. <laughs> it had a body as long as a horse, legs as long as a horse. <laughs> I'm fairly certain it was a horse. <laughs> 
No, the body was as long as a leopard. And it had fur that was red with a black stripe, concluding, you will undoubtedly think, like I do. I love how he said that. Now, obviously, based on this description, that what do you think he's going to say? Is an Essendon supporter? Pressed as white as a horse, body as long as a leopard's, red with a black fur. stripe. Obviously, uh, you'll think like me. Essendon supporter, you reckon? What do you think, Jess? Fox. Okay. Undoubtedly, you'll think like me that this is a hybrid, the father of which is a lion, the mother- Remains to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've, we're conclusive, conclusive for sure. on the father. Yeah. <laughs> the mother, we don't know. Usually, often it can be the other way around. <laughs> I'm and, certain who the father is. And undoubtedly, you'll be thinking this. Obviously. <laughs> okay. Sorry to be Captain Obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're all thinking I feel stupid writing this down. <laughs> also, why is the father a lion? <laughs> Don't. Why couldn't the mother be a lion? Yeah, because that, that does actually, like, a, a lion and tiger hybrid does change based on who's the father and the mother. Oh, really? Yeah, a liger is a lion dad, I think, with a tiger mum. And a, <laughs> a tiger mum. Tig- a tiger on is a tiger dad, a lion mum. Okay. And it, they have slightly different um, characteristics. Interesting. Okay, so maybe there was some merit to what he was saying. But I doubt he knew that. <laughs> so Surely to- he's not. He probably would not know that. He, he's not a, a animal man. Mm-hmm. <gasps> maybe he or is an animal is man. An animal man. <laughs> 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 he's been hiding in plain sight. No wonder he hasn't caught him. And that's why he's describing him like this. Well, certainly, dad's a lion, which is mine. Isn't my dad's a human? <laughs> so it's obviously not me. No one was suggesting it was you, Duhamel. Yeah, well, that's- no, 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 good, n- good. Nor should they. Nor should they. That'd be, that'd be stupid. <laughs> yeah, makes no sense at all. That'd be foolish and shut up. According to a Forbes article written by David Bresson, a local newspaper wrote around this time, a ferocious beast of unknown type coming from who knows where attacks the human species, killing individuals, drinking their blood, feasting on their flesh, and multiplying its carnage from day to day. Hunters who are in pursuit- have neither been able to stop it because it is more agile than they, nor lure it into their traps because it surpasses them in cunning, nor engage in combat when it presents itself to them because its terrifying appearance weakens their courage, disturbs their vision, sets their hands shaking, and neutralizes their skill. Oh. He's really, this is an article that's just like, pff, these hunters are just, uh, they're really just uh, wussing out. Yeah. And- uh, Fair enough, too. This is a beast we're dealing with here. Yeah. It's the son of a lion mm-hmm. and something else. Mm-hmm. There are stories of it, though, where people holding a gun see the lion. So, oh, I've said too much. No. <laughs> see the beast and just forget they're holding a gun and freak out and run. Like, there's a few stories like this. Wow. That's fair. Yeah. Forget they're holding on. I realise they're holding the gun backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I've missed. <laughs> I've shot my dad. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lie. (laughs) Coincident. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Uh, yeah, so um, and they're the people who are coming away telling that story. And you can't help but think, or I can't help but think. And I'm sure you've come to the same conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> but some of the people who are coming back with these stories of it being this huge, scary beast and that they shot it and it survived are people who were, like, shat themselves. Oh, right. You yeah, know, maybe. Sure. I swear I shot it twice. I shot it twice, but it was huge and scary. Yeah. Not they shat themselves and <laughs> ran. Or they missed. Yeah, yeah. But you know, and, and the, when they say the beast like fell because they shot it and then got back up, actually it was just tying its shoelace <laughs> and then yeah. walking off. Going, hey guys, oh sorry, shoelace undone. <laughs> hey guys, sorry, <laughs> sorry again, shoelace. <laughs> Other shoe, god damn it! Why are you shooting at me? <laughs> I said shoe, not shoot. Shoelace, <laughs> not shoot lace. You missed anyway. All right, no, fine. I can tell you're in a mood. <laughs> I'll be off. <laughs> I can tell you're in a mood. <laughs> <laughs> that's you can that's, tell when people are shooting at you, they're in a bit of a mood. That's the worst thing to say to somebody who's in a mood. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I can tell you're in a mood. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'll kill you. <laughs> uh, January would prove to be a brutal month, so we're into the second year. As Schwalbe and Romero write, the Anglo Saxons called January Wolf Month. <laughs> I think that was on their cable TV network, <laughs> Discovery, <laughs> <laughs> the time of year when the predators were most ravenous. The beast wasted no time in living up to the reputation of its northern brothers. With a January 2 decapitation of another victim, there would be more than two dozen attacks and ten deaths in the first month of 1765. Oh wow. How long's this all been going on for? This is not even a year yet. Whoa. But already, like, you know, tens of people have died and more than that have been attacked. Yeah. As if things weren't dire enough for the people of Gévaudan, the Bishop of Mont, who Jess has already predicted is the beast, uh, wrote a letter to the people. And I, honestly, I hadn't even thought of it. And I don't, I'm sure someone on the internet, because there's internet theories suggesting pretty much everyone is mm. the beast. But so they've probably already done that. But I think that's my favorite theory now. Okay. The beast of Mond. Um, so the uh, the bishop of Mond. Oh my God. The beast of Mond. <gasps> See how easily that it's just so slipped out. It's so easy. Wow. Uh, so the bishop wrote a letter. So they're all gone. Everything's gone wrong yeah then they get this letter open letter to the people of the area from the bishop suggesting the beast attacks were all their fault 
In the letter, the bishop summarised the many misfortunes that had been occurring, the war, the rough weather, the famine, the ferocious beasts, before saying, you can easily conclude that your misfortunes can come only from your sins. Yeah, right. I was going to say I'm, I'm perplexed as to how he's making bad weather their fault, but because of their sins. sins. Yeah. Mm. Stop sinning. Stop sinning. I don't want to have to say I it again. Like, honestly, you guys, I can't believe this has been going on for ages and you haven't thought to stop sinning. It's just that's rule number one for me. And I've been, I have been saying it, yeah. And I hate to t- say I told yeah. you so, but this is your fault. Mm-hmm. I'm with the bishop. Yeah. Me too. Mm. Uh, to combat this, makes sense. What do you do if sinning's causing a beast? It put everybody in straitjackets. How can you sin mm. if you're in a straitjacket? Mm. Dunk them in some holy water. Oh, that's clever. Uh, they didn't go with those, but they're great options. Instead, they <laughs> went with a 40-hour <laughs> prayer vigil. Great. Uh, and it was going to be held for three weeks in succession starting on January 6th. Unfortunately, so, so though- 40 hours over three weeks. Yeah. Incredible. They've somehow changed time itself. <laughs> That's strong praying. <laughs> I I read it like they do on each on on January sixth. They do a forty hour vigil. <laughs> I thought it was following a, week a, another forty hours. A three week straight forty hour because it's <laughs> like it's pretty daunting if you say to them like it's going to be hundreds of hours. <laughs> yeah. It's only forty hours over three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have micro breaks in between. Yeah. <laughs> every second second, that's a break. Yeah, You're only vigiling every second second. Yeah, one second on, one second off. <laughs> Your second off, you it's can, interval vigiling. Yeah, when you when you in your interval, you can do whatever you like. That's your time, and then you're back on. That's God's time. Okay, <laughs> that's time to vigil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, though, on the day of the first vigil, January sixth, the prayers clearly weren't combating the beast because that same day, two more women were killed. Oh dear. Okay. Well, where were they? They weren't at the vigil, were oh they? Oh my god! Mm, exactly. Or well, the they vi- were tending to their animals, their livelihood. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but if you should have been at the vigil. Yeah, everyone at the vigil, the were marked safe. Yes, they that's were fine. True. They didn't die. safe at the vigil. Mm, so, oh, that's a good point. There I is correlation. Mm-hmm. They were sinning. and that equals causation, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Is that something I've heard before? Mm-hmm, sure. Correlation equals causation. Yes. 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 Okay. Great. So yeah. So it got off to a bad start, but like you say, Jess, they, if they weren't at the vigil, then whose that's fault on is them. it? That's on them. Six days later, the beast met its match when it tried its luck against a plucky group of ragtag kids. A twelve-year-old named Jacques Andre Potefay and his mates. Oh. Uh, <laughs> what were their names? <laughs> I'm about to tell you. <laughs> I really thought you were going to skip over it. That's what I initially I wrote it like that. I'm like, nah, I gotta give, if I'm going to give one of them his his crowd, I got to give it to all of them. So it was January the twelfth, seventeen sixty five, and seven children were watching their family's cattle on a local mountainside. Jacques Pontefay uh, was with fellow twelve year olds Jacques Couston and Jean Pic. Uh, they were each wielding a long stick topped with a triangular iron point covered by a sheath. They were sort of play fighting and stuff. These were the big kids of the group, the three 12-year-olds. Then there were eight-year-olds Jean Verrier and Joseph Penneflu. Uh, and Joseph nine- Penneflute. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Defending his family. Playing <laughs> <laughs> the uh, ship to shore theme. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <cool. laughs> and then there were nine-year-olds Madeleine Schaus and Jean Gerther. <laughs> the kids were play fighting uh, while looking after the cows when they saw the monster loping up the mountain trail towards them. And I'll let our old mates Schwalb and Romero 
take the story out from here. I think you've said his name differently every time. Which one? Schwab. 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 Uh, it's probably Schwab, but there's an L in there, and that's it. Needs a wow. Needs the whole mouth to move. Anyway, yeah, go on. There's an Arnie impression over there. <laughs> a, yeah, it's got an L in it, which means wow. <laughs> get to the chopper. <laughs> Schwab. Get to the chopper. So my favorite author is Schwab. Schwab. <laughs> Schwab and Romero. Um, yeah, I think it's fair to say, and throughout the book, and I haven't been quoting him uh, in these sections as much, but fair to say, they're taking a bit of creative license just to really flesh out the stories. <laughs> really? They've added dialogue, including some of the, the the shepherds who were killed and found dead. They, like, wrote it. And she looked down and saw a flower, and she plucked it and had a smell, but then looked up and saw the beast, you know, like they couldn't have known any of that. And she was singing to herself, <laughs> how the sheep may eat the grass, eating the grass is fun today, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's sort of fun to, to pat out the story, but they've done that. Really that really does scream to me padding for word count. Yeah. <laughs> they've done that in this case Love as it. well. So I'm, I'm going to read out this, ne- this story, including some of their dialogue that they've put in the, the mouths of these children. Although these children- Spoiler alert, survived. So, this story was told later, so maybe they got some of it from records. Le bit, Jacques bellowed. He dashed to Joseph and hauled the youngster to his feet. Everyone, here now. He pulled the sheath from the end of his pike and made the sign of the cross. Madeleine, Jean, Varia, Panafou, behind, Cousin, pick with me. But La bit had already arrived. She prowled about the little troop, leering. She. The she-wolf. Uh, the beast of the Gévaudan was the size of a one-year-old calf. Her fur was reddish. She had a black stripe along her back and a long tail and fangs. She's ugly, Jean whispered. She smells, added Madeline. <laughs> right, sinking the boot in there, guys. This thing's going to kill you and you're like, pretty ugly. This, these guys know how to write children dialogue, yeah. though, don't they? They, don't, they know how to get into the- She smells. <laughs> <laughs> the beast salivated. <laughs> the beast salivated. <laughs> Circle, shouted Pontefe. Turn with her. He shoved his companions. So there's, they knew back then, and I guess they do now, apparently, that um, wolves are not likely to come at you front on. They'll come at you from behind for some reason. So apparently I read somewhere that some people, when dealing with a wolf enclosure, they'll wear like a mask on the back of their head even. Oh. So that's why he's trying to keep, and obviously Pontefe knows this, he's trying to keep the wolf in front of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that it's not going to be able to get them, come at them from behind. Keep her in front of us. <laughs> the cattle stamped their feet and lowed. The cows will protect us, Joseph <laughs> cried. Hide amongst them. He bolted for the herd. Lebid leapt. In one fluid motion, he caught little Panaflo by the throat. <laughs> come on. <laughs> come on, Pantafleur yelled. As if awakened from some trance, the youngsters moved, thrusting primitive spears. Harder, said Pontefe. They stabbed, shrieking. The beast, disorientated, released Panafleur. But not before she tore away his right cheek. She devoured it in an instant. Madeline dragged Panafleur away and held him. The beast eyes snapped. It rushed again. The girl screamed. Stay together, shouted Pontefe. Circle! The beast lunged into the eight-year-old Jean Verrier, who fell. It drew back, then lunged again, biting him on the lips. Oh. Isn't that a wild idea? Oh. 
That's unlucky. How do you get bitten on the lips? Maybe, do you think he was pouting at the time? He's puckering up. He might have been puckering. Yeah. He's taking selfies doing duck face. (laughs) This is in 2012, right? Yeah. Mm. Well, the 2012 of the 1700s. That's right. In the Scotland of France. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The older children advanced. Still le bit struck, dragging Jean away by his arm. Couston wailed. We must get help. No, roared Pontefay. We rescue Jean. Or perish with him. Pick. Go left. I'll go right. Drive it into the bog, everyone. They all followed Pontefay. Even the cattle moved towards the creature, tossing their horns. A fucking beautiful big beast. Very cool. Distracted, Lebit stumbled into the swamp with Varia and struggled in the freezing water. The children caught up. Charge! Commanded Pontefay. Monster! Shouted Couston. Demon! Said Madeline, yelling for all they were worth. Are they just taunting it now? They're taunting it. They're using their words. <laughs> the boys and girls surrounded the famous beast of the Gévaudan. Attack her head, her eyes, her jaws, advised Pontefay. They jabbed at the creature over and over again. It seemed like forever, when in fact the entire encounter lasted mere minutes. Lebit was unable to kill or even bite little Jean. She was too busy snapping at the primitive pikes and dodging blows. Once she seized Pontefay's iron tip and bent it. Finally, Lebit dropped Veyre and drew back. Pontefay scrambled down to help the little boy. Lebit freed herself from the bog, shaking the wet from her fur like a dog. She turned to- A pug. (laughs) Like a pug. Like a pug dog. (laughs) In a very puggish way. She turned to study her attackers from atop a mound. We have her now, said Pontefay, the seven clenched spears. But Lebit had had enough of the youngsters. She darted into the forest. She's gone, said Madeline. Children! The children (laughs) wheeled. An adult had arrived at last. Oh, about time, adult. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I just watched you fight off the beast and I thought I'd wait till it left. Yeah, funny timing, yeah. adult. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I need any help? Yeah, it's gone now. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks for nothing. Oh, it's weird that no adult males are getting eaten. They're all arriving just after it happens. Yeah. Or maybe that adult had just taken off their beast costume. Oh. You know, it's like in- in a horror movie. Mm. Hey, guys, I've missed anything. Holy Hang shit. on a second. Hang Where on. have you been? I've never seen you oh, in the just, in the same room at the same time. Just went to get a drink. I was just standing in the basement getting a drink from the fridge. <laughs> sure thing, adult. You can't. That, you can't trust them. No. <laughs> like, yeah, I was watching with binoculars and then, surprisingly, you weren't savaged to death. So, <laughs> here I am. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought the day. I thought I'd be coming here to collect the bodies, but you're all still here. Classic adults always just sweeping in for the good times. Where are they where things go wrong? <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> Nowhere to be seen. Pathetic. Honestly, flaky. Mm-hmm. If I was going to describe adults with one word, flaky. Yeah, I hate adults. Yeah, they've all got dandruff. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I zoned out. What are we talking about? <laughs> no, that's bad, right? Yeah. yeah, adults have dandruff. I've got, oh, I've got adult onset dandruff. <laughs> I'm on my second coffee now. Finish the orange juice though, just to keep people updated. Before yeah. <laughs> on the liquids. halfway through the water, I'm on the edge of busting. <laughs> But the story goes on. So the beast got away. They didn't kill it, but they did kind of defeat it, which was pretty badass, yeah, right? Yeah, very cool. No fatalities. One kid had his lips bit off. One had his cheek bit off. I'm kind. I'm kind of glad in a way that they didn't kill the beast because um, that Monsieur man, who his whole self worth is pinned on yeah. him, pinned on him getting. He needs this. If the kids had been able to do it, and he couldn't. <laughs> yeah. He would have been devastated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wouldn't have ended well for him. <laughs> 
He's like, oh, come I on. I can't, I can't get it right in the war. I can't get this right. I'm, not, I'm good at nothing. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He needs this yeah, more I than them. For yep. <laughs> but yeah, this story ended up becoming quite famous. It spread it all around both France and then internationally even. Like it, it got relayed in- The in Age. British papers. Uh, the Age. Wow. In Melbourne. Holy freaking shit. Cool. Yeah, which was wild because it didn't even exist yet. It was the first story. That they ever wrote. They put the age on That's the That's a good trivia one. Yeah. <laughs> what was the age's first story? <laughs> <laughs> and do, you reckon, do they wait for any other stories? Or they just, it was a nah, newspaper with one story that day? It was one day. story. Yeah. Wow. They're like, this is it. I think we could build but a they, paper around But they this. still filled 40 pages. Oh, yeah. Wow, with one story. It was very comprehensive and a lot of stuff made up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they got in a hot air balloon <laughs> and went to space. <laughs> and then my mum was there and she nev- she didn't leave me. She's just stuck in space. They actually based uh, the Fast and the Furious franchise off this story. <laughs> wow. Incredible. incredible stuff. They wrote out the wolf and wrote in a the, diesel. The a ver- Vin Diesel. So. The very delicate um, ego- uh, yeah, that's Vin Diesel. <laughs> that's Vin Diesel. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it became a big, uh, big story. There's these great works of art depicting wow. uh, the story as well. Um, I wonder if I can find one for you. Do you, want, do you want to see one now? That's awesome. Or I could- that wasn't a yes. <laughs> So I'd just keep going with the report then, I reckon. <laughs> Do you want to see one? That's awesome. I thought we would edit that bit out and then Matt would show us and we could cut it to, that's awesome, you know. <laughs> so you're like, I'm not even going to bother. No, no, no. I didn't like when he, Matt's describing it and saying, and I said, that's awesome. And then he'd show us and we'd go, whoa, look at that. But, um, you know, Jess, I'm always thinking three steps ahead here. I'm eight steps behind. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Do Go On. Oh, can oh. I just say, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. There's That's one. Cool. Okay, there's so let's describe it, which we'll probably post it during the week on the yeah on the social media. But there's a what? How do you? It's kind of like it looks a, a bit like a dog. Dog slash almost dragon. looks like a yeah, like a, a Chinese dragon. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally. Got small seen ears. A, in a parade, and then four, one, two, three, four kids holding up clubs. Actually, there's a fifth one there, and then one kid who's just like uh, can't see, can't hear, like cu- covering their ears, closing their eyes. I think, yeah, you can see the kids saying, la, 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 la. <laughs> Very no, no, relaxed. No, 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 Honestly, behaving like an adult. Yeah. <laughs> that kid will probably grow up to be one one day oh, based Matt, on that you attitude. You can't say that about children. <laughs> Actually, Matt, if you zoom in the background, can you see the, the, the parent with yeah. the binoculars? Hiding behind a bush. <laughs> Jeez, these freaking adults, I tell you what. <laughs> I don't trust them. I wouldn't, no. So, yeah, beautiful bit of artwork there. According to Schwalb and Romero. <laughs> so, that was different. That was different. <laughs> the courage of the seven children rallied king, court, and people and provided the young hero, Portefeuille, with an all-expenses-paid education and a career in the military. Wow. This was his big break. Wow. He's in this little backwater, you know, the Scotland of France. And all of a sudden, the king's taken him under his wing. Can you imagine if the kids made that up? <laughs> yeah. And he's gotten this job. A wow. career because of it, and they fucking lied. Oh, do you reckon they could? Yeah. One of them cut his own cheek off just yep. to- and like, now well, What about the other kids? We take this to the grave. The other kids didn't quite get the same glory, but they, they all did get cash as well. Oh, okay. They got the cash prize. They got a few levers. So, did did he took the mystery box, which yeah. was working for the king, but they all took the cash prize? <laughs> Good on them. Yeah. I think, you know, they say, like, if it, the lump sum or the mm. monthly payments or whatever. I think when it comes to the mystery box or the money, I think you take the cash. Yeah, okay. I think so. Cash out now. It's guaranteed. Yeah. But yeah, what exactly if right. the box is clearly just 
More cash. Yeah, it's like in the shape of cash. I think that's a trick. Yeah, that's what, what I get suspicious of. That's I a think. trick. If it looks like a bit of cash, yeah. it's if probably it, If not it looks a like cash. a pineapple, it's probably cash. Okay. Yeah. The two options. We should always be your like phone Like $50 friend. bills? No. Okay. <laughs> Australia, some people call them. I get it. Pineapples. But that's incorrect. I was saying that for the listeners. <laughs> Don't you patronise me. Twenties <laughs> are lobsters. Yes. Fifties are pineapples. So, is it ten? They're Pavarotti's tenors. Well, uh, oh, I heard fuck, someone refer to one as a, as a Don Bradman. Oh, is that the hundred? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's the ninety-nine point nine six or whatever. What was his name? It's my favourite. Nine motion. four. Sorry, you're right. Oh, Gary J from the UK will be screaming at his <laughs> iPod right now. Gary's very upset at you. <laughs> Anyway, let's uh, go back to the story. This is still Schwalb and Romero. But the triumph was a temporary one. The Beast immediately resumed its month-long January rampage. Oh, that's right. It's Beast Month. It's, it's Beast Month. It's Wolf Month <laughs> here on Fox, which is weird. <laughs> it even assailed pike-armed men and mauled a 20-year-old woman, Whoa. Catherine Boyer, and she's the woman who became known as La Bellefray. Or Scarred, Scarface. or the Scarface. El Pacino. By the end of the month, it was announced that King Louis XV would pay a further 6,000 livres. Holy shit. In reward what, what on top to of the now? already 4,000. So this is now 10,000. How many years' salary for a, a day labourer would that be, Dave? How much was it again? 2,000? 200 was a year. So what's 10,000? Wow. Five per thousand? 50 years? They, and they, did, they don't live that long back then. Nah. No, it's more money than you can spend, mate. <laughs> 50 years of salary for me. But would you take the lump sum? <laughs> or would you, <laughs> or would you just mode? take it like a salary yeah. for 50 years? Or you'd take it in Bitcoin. <laughs> I'm taking it now. Oh, Bitcoin in, in the 1700s. Ten, oh, ten grand. That's a lot of liveries. That's a lot. Months passed and our man Duhamel led hunts with thousands of locals involved. He was putting his all in still. Thousands of locals. Thousands. Peasants. A few nobles. Wow. A lot of sticks, a lot of racket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One-man bands. <laughs> Don't forget the harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite instrument, the oh, harmonica. God, it's a lovely instrument. It's so um, just like concise. Neil Young. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and it's done. And, and that's it. <laughs> oh, dear. How do I do it? Uh, it seems- Why do you do oh, it? Sorry, thank you. That's what I meant to say. I've been speaking French so long, I'm starting to forget English. <laughs> uh, so, the beast was seen sporadically, sometimes with human heads in its mouth, wandering in the distance. Like, it's- That would be- a full-on sight. Yeah. Mm. Oh my God, if you saw that. But no one was able to get a good shot at it. They're seeing it, but no one can um, get it. But it is still attacking people. God Deaths damn. are continuing. People are being attacked. Many locals uh, were spending their time being shit scared of the beast. It's <laughs> a full-time job. While others <laughs> used it to write letters to the officials suggesting ingenious ideas to catch the creature. Love it. Now I'm going to read some of these fantastic ideas. Ingenious <laughs> ideas. It's good to know that people have been uh, wacky for centuries. <laughs> Even if this happened now, there'd be yeah. some crackpot being like, no, this is what you should do. Yeah, it's, yeah it's the 
similar to the people who call into sports radio to suggest new rules for AFL. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, I think we'll fix the congestion by, and it's something like, what are you talking about? We. we Who's dra- this we? <laughs> we draw grids on the field. Everyone has their own metre by metre space. <laughs> they're not allowed out of that space. <laughs> Unless they're holding a chicken. <laughs> and to make sure that The chicken's move- name has to be Gary. <laughs> if, <laughs> if it's not Gary, they have to move eastward. <laughs> the chicken must be wearing a little mini jersey with the same number as them or dividable by three. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm the boss of the new team. That non-negotiable. Also, can you tell my mum not to put peas in my dinner? <laughs> I hate peas. New rule, no peas in my dinner. No peas in my dinner. <laughs> While I'm in charge. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there is something comforting about about people from the old days being kooky, yeah, yeah. or like or doing stuff like us, and you're like, oh, okay, it's just yeah. something about humans. I'm a little bit nervous now that this isn't going to live up to your kooky expectations. Let's see, let's hear it. So we've, first, we've got a Mr. Joas de Papu, <laughs> uh, who wrote to officials. Joe Poo Poo. <laughs> Joe Poo Poo. That's got to be fake. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Poo Poo. What, what did Joe Poo Poo write? Joe de Poo Poo. <laughs> Joe the Poo Poo. Joe the Poo Poo. I beg your pardon. So he wrote to officials in Feb of 1765 to suggest that they should be counterfeiting women. <laughs> Okay. Ooh, what is, what okay. Is, Joe Poopoo, please do go on. Uh, this is the, an English translate, translation of part of his letter. To this end, seeing that the monster is ravenous for females, <laughs> it is only necessary to place in the places it appears artificial females. Scarecrows. Com- yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Uh, composed of the most subtle poison and expose them on flexible posts on the various roads to invite the cursed animal to show its unbridled fury and swallow its own end. Swallow its own ass? <laughs> they want it to eat its own ass? No, the poison, its end, like its death. Oh. Right, but if it eats its own ass, it'll form a circle and live forever. We oh, do not no. want that. Oh, no, this is back Is that how you live forever? Yes. <laughs> okay, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. A, a one-man human centipede. Was it called a robberus or something like that? Anyway. Three expanded pig bladders seasoned with poisons would make up a woman's head and breast. Season. Why are you talking about titties? Bake at hey. 100 degrees. <laughs> Joey de Poo has thought this out, sorry, okay? Sorry, so, Joe. I don't know who you are to question Sorry, Joe the Poo Poo. Uh, so, the pig's blad- poison pig's bladders will make very convincing head and breasts. <laughs> I've never seen a woman. <laughs> <laughs> a painted face would be affixed. <laughs> Monsieur de Papu wrote again in 10 weeks with another plan. He's like, okay, obviously you didn't go with that one. Try this one. Uh, this one involved 25 intrepid men dressed in assorted animal skins and feathers with headgear trimmed in feathers and small knife edges. Everything should be coated in honey and fragrant with musk. <laughs> then the hunters should combine 12 ounces of human fat from a Christian with viper's blood, if available. <laughs> the men should be armed with earthen pistols and three square bullets bitten by the teeth of a woman or girl. What the fuck? Then joined with pieces of iron and also covered in fat, plus hunting knives and iron claws, also greased. <laughs> they should patrol three by three in silence in a large triangle. A single one of them could be the vanquisher of the cruel beast. So that's I'm giving that to you. That's, that's free. That's, I don't even that, think he's expecting. That one's so why are the bullets square? Oh my god, Dave! If you have to ask, why are they bitten by a woman? Yeah, because <laughs> that's the the beast is after women. Now the women are after the beast. And why are they dressed as animals? Because for hiding. 
They've got knives on their heads and they're covered in honey and grease. Dave, if you don't get it, you don't get it, which is fine. But Just say you don't get just it. Just say you don't, I get, don't it. get it. I don't okay. get it. I don't get it at all. No, I also have no idea. What <laughs> I don't understand it at all. They're on patrol. So, it feels like he's combined, like, he wants them to be eaten again, but mm. also now they're also on patrol. Oh, wow. They're on patrol in a triangle. <laughs> and I love every, they keep getting covered with a new thing. Honey. Honey. Musk. Grease. Of a Christian. Of a Christian. Yeah, fat of a Christian. Vipers. Uh- Poison. Square bullets bitten by a woman. Viper's blood, sorry. Oh, and did they- I imagine that they said, you're a genius. Obviously, this one got done. Yeah. And I'll say he offered it up for free, but I think he was expecting some of the reward if it came off. And the glory mm. from that fantastic idea. Mm. And some of the Christian fat. Yes. No questions asked. Where do you get- I don't want to know. Uh, there's, these ones aren't quite as full on, but uh, another plan was proposed by Monsieur Herbert of Veneer. Uh, and that was Herbert. to dress Herbert. a sheep, a uh, dress a sheep like a little girl <laughs> by fastening a bonnet on its head. That is <laughs> <laughs> a sheep. A bonnet looks nothing like a little child. <laughs> Oh, look, here she comes. It's Madeline. <laughs> oh, no, wait till school. I'm protected. <laughs> Any beast could eat this child. <laughs> Bad. Farewell, Madeline. Bad. Enjoy your day at school. <laughs> Dresses up. I await your return. Dress up a lot of little girls as sheep. Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise the beast would notice, hang on, there's a few less sheep in the paddock than usual. Yeah. Madeline is wandering around in a woolly coat. <laughs> But Herbert, um, he did have some notes. Uh, he said, it's best to arrange that the sheep is upright and about the same size as a child, which I think is clever. <laughs> so, get the sheep to walk on its tiny little pin legs. Yeah. Uh-huh. Perfect. Yes. Uh, then he said, to really sell it, you can fashion some other children out of straw and place <laughs> them by the sheep. So, the sheep will just start eating the fellow students. <laughs> <laughs> Then marksmen were to line wait nearby, um, ready to take it out. Great. He also suggested having real children cavort before another <laughs> contingent of hidden marksmen. Just go. If you know, if the sheep one doesn't work, just get- well, Just get- Use real kids. <laughs> just use, just real use kids. dumb ones that no one likes. Uh, another writer believed that the beast was a tiger cat from Mexico and uh, suggested officials grease the backs of veal calves with poison and surround them with traps, luring the beast to its doom. Mm-hmm. Oh, but he doesn't seem to like calves. No, he doesn't like calves. you got to grease up the children with poison. How's he How's he jumped to- This is a guy who hasn't seen it, but he's like, oh, yeah, that's a tiger cat. Oh, yeah, sure, I've ever heard of one. That is yeah, very, yeah, yeah, very yeah. far from home. Yeah. the nose on my face. That is a tiger cat from Mexico. <laughs> a Lieutenant Colonel Dupere uh, advised that the beast hunters should switch to steel musket balls- since the beast, rumoured to be covered in scales, was impervious to lead. People are going, we can't shoot it. Obviously, it's covered in scales. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, Monsieur Lepinas de Mongaboud <laughs> proposed Some an infallible- Monsieur Licking Ass? <laughs> de Mongoose. <laughs> licking Ass of the Mongoose. Yeah, he. I don't. I have no idea what this means, but he proposed a quote infallible wooden machine. Mm, Just get an unbeatable wooden machine, <laughs> and to put. And, and if they do, I want half the reward. Yeah. 
<laughs> Apparently, the guy the guy who painted painted um, the automobile in America just had the idea of. He's like he never did anything with it, but he got in patenting. No, before, like, yeah. A, a, so he made money car. on there. It's like a yeah, it's sort of like a. It's got wheels and it's motorized and it'll go. So that's me, my idea. Well, if my, anyone ever makes one, that's that was me. All right, my idea is think of the world's fastest supercomputer, that, <laughs> but three times as fast. That's mine. Copyright. <laughs> my Patented. Idea. Easy. I think they've tightened up the rules since then. <laughs> that's great. He would just go down there and just start riffing. All right, I'm imagining uh, some sort of flying thing uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you can get in and it takes you places. Bing! <laughs> Next. Yeah. Uh, I'm an ideas uh, man. Hockey stick, but- Stronger than current hockey sticks. <laughs> Bing! All right, great. This is easy. A uh, microchip that goes in your arm and you talk into it. It's like a phone now, but it's a microchip in your arm. <laughs> bing, bing! <laughs> great. Oh, my money, please. So, this uh, infallible wooden machine would be uh, on a 25-foot track that would take the creature alive for the king. So, it's just a- it's Okay. A, yeah. So, it's on a track, infallible, it's wooden, it's a machine- it takes the beast. It's on a track. Uh-huh. So, it will only take the beast if the beast is in the exact spot yeah, they need yeah. it to be in. Yeah, which it will be. <laughs> because I'll put a little girl there. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a lamb just as a girl. <laughs> lamb just as a girl really got Dave. It's so funny. It's with a little bonnet on and them going, that's a girl. That's definitely going to trick And him. the beast knows. It's, I mean, it's basically that. Inside the, uh, the, the infallible wooden machine <laughs> would be a model of a child used as bait. Uh, while in a tree nearby, someone would, quote, cry and lament all day and even more at night to attract the beast. Because the beast obviously loves the sound of tears. Mm. And lament. <laughs> oh, why? I should have. Oh. Why didn't I say yes to <laughs> Devon Le Boulet? Yes. <laughs> Devon Le Boulet. I should have said yes. He offered me a great opportunity. I should have said we. Oui. <laughs> but I said no. <laughs> I don't believe any of these suggestions were taken up by the official hunting parties. Oh, God. It's like they want to fail. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they're all on the bishop's side. This is just because of sins. Mm. Yeah. Fuck. Come on. I think it's a bishop. He's a dog. Yeah. Oh, my God. The bishop is a dog. (gasps) Hang on. Dog bishop. So, I know Uh, you're- Patent that. (laughs) (laughs) Dog bishop. Dog bishop. (laughs) A movie. uh, It's about a dog bishop. (laughs) A play about a dog bishop, just in case. A TV, a limited TV series. You got to cover your bases; they'll get you. Yeah, so it's about a dog that's a bishop, and he goes on adventures, or doesn't. It's kind of like Airbud, but with a bishop. There's nothing in the Bible that says. <laughs> uh, so, unfortunately, your man Duhamel could just couldn't get it done. No. And he ended up being replaced by a famed wolf hunter named Jean-Charles Denville and his son, Jean-Francois. That's your best one so far. It wasn't that smooth of a transition. There was quite an overlap where the father-son combo were there and they they sort of bickered quite a bit with each other, Mm -hmm. Duhamel, and and they're like, you know, he's getting in our way. He doesn't know what he's doing. And they talked a big game, the father and son. They're like, um, you know what? We're going to get this done uh, in a couple of weeks. We'll get it done. I can't see any reason why we can't just get it done in a couple of weeks. They had uh, already told and bragged that they had um, killed 1,200 of the beasts in the past. Okay. Wolves. Oh, right. They were were famed wolf hunters. And they came from Normandy and were recommended by the King's Controller General. So they came to town and they're like- yeah, piece of piss. Whatever. We'll get it done. No worries. Point us in the right direction. Get the get the checkbook ready. Yeah. 
Um, Maybe you got to, like, uh, so down the pub, what's, uh, what's the, you know, the meal they're known for? What are they good at? Yeah. Palmer? Great. Get two of those going. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back by the time we'll they're ready. We'll be back ready. in a GIF. <laughs> uh, Start pouring some, uh, some pints, ladies. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I it- want them to die. Okay. Um, to- well, they probably will. Like, they're dead now. Mm. Yeah, cop you got that. your wish. Well done, Jess. <laughs> Thank you. So even after they came to town, the attacks and deaths continued. Another famous incident occurred when the heroic woman Jean Juve fought off the beast, protecting her two sons. Much like the story Jess told before, mm. it's almost exactly what happened. She's out in front of their house with a baby and a and a six year old boy, and their family dog. The dog um, was. Like, it's much smaller, but really go on it and protecting it. The beast would get the dog. Sadly, her six-year-old son got taken, but she fought it off and got her son back. Wow. Her courage was known throughout France. She became a real hero. But sadly, despite vanquishing the beast from her property, her six-year-old son ended up dying of his wounds three days later. Ugh. The king awarded her 3,000 livres for her bravery. Oh, wow. And uh, But, yeah, obviously- 15 years' salary. It was no- It didn't make up for losing her son, but, yeah, it oh, was- um, 15 years' salary. <laughs> <laughs> and she still had another son, right? <laughs> and a dog. <laughs> was the dog all right? The dog survived. <gasps> Any yeah. parents listening? You can only make jokes like that so because it's hundreds us. of years ago. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's it. I mean, fifteen years. You know. I don't, don't have to work for fifteen years. <laughs> <laughs> the weather and the terrain were much more brutal than the father-son combo from Normandy were expecting. Oh, they, they, they used to frolicking in the sunshine. <laughs> They're like, oh, no one told us this big question mark on the map was so hilly. <laughs> There's a lot of snow around. This is tough. And soon their bold prediction of bagging the beast within a fortnight proved to be super overly optimistic. Oh, no. According to Bresson, it was extremely difficult to hunt on such terrain. The hunter, De Anvil, noted after a first survey of the area that the beast will not be an easy catch. <laughs> Gone from two weeks, no worries, get the palmer ready, get the beer ready to, ooh, hang on, this might be tougher than I thought. It's weird yeah. that thousands of people have failed over the last year. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's like, but usually I shoot my wolves in a barrel. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the wolf barrel? Where's the beast barrel? I've shot over twelve hundred of them in a barrel. Yeah, I could (laughs) easy. I thought this was like a a wolf wolf farm trap farm sort sort of scenario. (laughs) Where's where's, the wolf in a barrel? Where's the wolf barrel? This is gonna be tricky. Oh, wait, I'm gonna fight them. Free range wolf. It could be anywhere. This this is ridiculous. Yes, come on. This is so unreasonable. <laughs> no wonder no one's done this. It's out there. Oh, my God. Okay, well, I could hide then. Oh, Dave, fucking what? Yes, hiding? Dave's my favourite hopeless hero. Hey, I'm getting- Why, what? <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be hard. 
I don't want. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so. What, I'm just going to wander around? Oh, he was God. pretty quickly disheartened. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> Horses could not be used in the swamps, and the creature could easily escape in the forests and hide between the rocks. The cantel massive, with some peaks of over 5,000 feet high, also act as a barrier for clouds, and the weather of the Gévaudan is notoriously bad, with cold and long winters and wet summers, as we've already talked about. Various times, the animal escaped into the mist, or hunters gave up the pursuit due to the heavy rain. Wow. So it's just like, it's just like everything was against them. But it's so funny to come to town after people have already been having a go on, basically like, all right, where's point us in the right direction, Piece we'll get piss. this done. Yeah. So what? <laughs> uh, there were 17 reported attacks in April and six deaths. Wow. Then there were four more in May. And in June, there were another four deaths two of which were decapitations. Some started speculating that there must be more than one beast out there, as the distance between some of the attacks that occurred on the same days was too great, surely, for one right, beast to- Right, yeah. So, you know, they're going, it's a pack of wolves or something else. We don't know. The powers that be were now losing patience with the Normandy hunters. This is their second team they've brought in, and they're like, oh, these guys are no good either. And once again, decided on some fresh blood for their headhunter role. This time, King Louis XV's own trusted gun bearer, Francois Antoine, got the gig. The 71-year-old was a knight <laughs> of the Royal and Military Order of St. Oh Louis. Oh, dear. He was joined by his son, Robert Francois, as well as a big team of assistants. His son was only 60. <laughs> The young man. He brought a huge entourage. Oh, these are the best of the best. These are the, the royal, you know, they're coming from Versailles probably, you know, coming down with all the best gear, mm. probably everything coated in gold. Yeah. They're good to go. They look beautiful. They look fantastic. Yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> uh, they're like, they get there and say, so where's this barrel? <laughs> oh. <laughs> where's my gold barrel? <laughs> it took them about two weeks to journey down to the Gévaudan. And when they arrived, it was almost exactly a year since the first official death, Jean Boulet. July passed with more attacks and deaths, but no great breakthroughs by the new hunting team. By then, according to Schwab and Romero, Schwab, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Schwab, <laughs> by then, according to Schwab and Mon <laughs> Romero, one fussy young woman took on the beast with her pike and sent it packing. This is probably the third of the, the real famous um, incidences. So we had the, the kids, yep. then we had the mum and the, and the family pet, and this is the other one of the big three that still gets talked about. So, yeah, I'll let Schwalb and Romero uh, take us through it. One fussy young woman took on the beast with her pike and sent it packing. On August the 11th, 1765, mid to late morning, a young woman named Marie-Jean Vallée, 19 or 20 years old, a servant of a clergyman and her sister Therese, 16 or 17, were crossing the river on their way to the community farm. The beast, lurking in the underbrush along the riverbanks, spotted the girls and flung itself at Marie Jean. Marie? Marie. Marie. The Marie. Marie Jean. Luckily, the sensible young woman had brought along a spear, a stick with a bayonet sharp on both sides, about half a foot long and an inch and a half wide. And she used it. Marie Jean Valet impaled the beast with her weapon. According to the accounts of the incident, Lebert retreated, the beast, and cried out very loudly and held her paw in front of the wound, then threw herself in the river where she rolled over several times before disappearing. Whoa. So the, the beast cried out loudly. Yes. What would that sound like? Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. 
is being played by Jennifer Coolidge. (laughs) She's a comedy beast. (laughs) Later, when questioned by authorities, the girls described the beast as being the size of a large farm dog, which is pretty vague, uh, but Mm. also doesn't sound that big. Yeah, but they didn't say how large. Yeah, that's true. a farm dog, but really, really large. (laughs) Like Great Dane, but larger than that. Yeah, that's a good point. That's fucking big. The greatest Dane. They're describing an elephant. Yeah, it's sort of like a large farm dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was grey with a white chest <gasps> and, grey. and black back. Like an elephant. elephant. Wait, <laughs> so, wait. It's grey, but yeah. in the past it's been red. Red with a mm. black stripe or red with a black stripe. Interesting. But this one's grey with a black stripe, black back. Grey with a white chest and a black back. Well, the other one did have a- uh, yeah, red back with a black stripe. Mm. So, yeah, it varies. It feels like every eyewitness describes it differently. This sounds more like- Which also makes it sound like it's different animals. This but. one sounds more like a wolf. Okay. Yeah. It's grey with a white chest and a and a black stripe on it. That's a, that sounds more like a wolf. Its front was bigger than its rear and it had a big flat head and big teeth. Does that sound like a wolf? Big flat head. Yeah. Huh. I'm thinking it might be a stingray. <laughs> <laughs> Great. They're all head. And that's why they're rolling around in the water. That's what they do. <laughs> Flopping around. You know Flopping how snakes around. are all neck? Yeah. Stingrays are all head. They're all head. They're all <laughs> face. <laughs> <laughs> they're big flatties. Wow. Okay. Or it's a pug. Oh, yeah. Oh. They got a very flat face. Stretched out. <laughs> Flattest face. Certain Frenchies. Most Frenchies quite flat. Okay. And this is in France, oh right? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a French bulldog. Oh, my God. It's not a pug. It's a French bulldog. It was right there in front of us all along. And if they come in different colours, usually because of poor breeding, but um, I've never seen a red one. Red one with a black stripe. I haven't seen that, but, you know, this is ages ago. And we don't know if it was wearing a jacket. Exactly. They get cold. They're not good in the cold. (laughs) Uh, The authorities examined Marie-Jean Spear and noted that the shaft of the weapon was coated in two to three inches of blood. The intrepid Jean-Marie was an Amazon, according to the local press. Another hero. Royal gun bearer Francois Antoine, the 71-year-old, was so impressed with her bravery and composure that he called her the second maid of Orleans. Master Joan. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Joan number two, electric boogaloo. (laughs) Uh, Secret of the use. Marie-Jean Vallée now has a sculpture commemorating her valour in a windswept churchyard in Uver in France. Wow. It's a great-looking sculpture as well. Um, Love it. Let me let me fucking show you. You're just saying she's a hottie. No, just great a- looking sculpture. Oh, let me yeah, tell you, <laughs> she like she's been chiselled out of stone. <laughs> Absolute stunner. <laughs> she's a stone cold babe. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's great. That? Oh, that's okay. really so you, cool. You're seeing the the beast in action, sort of leaping over her, and she's just like absolutely stabbing it through the chest. Yeah, like- she looks brave. Her, she's, her dress is in motion. Yeah, that's very cool. That's awesome. And you, you see that that's based on the look of the strange beast is based on a lot of the illustrations at the time. Right, yeah. Which are all, you know, you see old pictures of animals and they just, for some reason, couldn't draw right. them. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. 
Like, yeah. they could draw, they could paint people, but their artists could just, like, I don't know. Yeah, horses were impossible. They, they kept getting Picasso to draw them or something. They always looked <laughs> not quite right. So, the new royal hunting party, led by the, the 71-year-old, wasn't getting on too well with the locals. Though, admittedly, the locals didn't really get on great with the first two either. Apparently, uh, firstly, they spoke a different dialect, so they couldn't really communicate with each other. That makes it tricky. <laughs> They'd come into town and maybe look down a bit on the locals as being, you know, from the backwater. We're coming to save the day, you know, maybe not treating them with a lot of respect. Mm. And this new royal hunting party wasn't getting on well with them. On August the 16th at the forest of Mount Chauvet, two of the royal hunting party wanted to know if they could navigate a certain area on horseback. They're like, guys, we're, we're heading down here to have a look for the beast. Is that is that all good to go down on horses? They asked a local farmer and barman, Jean Chastel and his sons Pierre and Antoine, uh, if it would be possible. The Chastels said they were good to go, <laughs> even though the area in question was a bog. <laughs> <laughs> it was a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> so the horseman went down and immediately got stuck. One of the horses reared up the... The uh, royal dude got flung into the mud. They were not happy, pulled out their guns, and took the Chastels to jail. Oh, wow. They put they sent them to jail, and they were in there for a few months because they- Basically, it was like a little hazing prank for the newbies. And they the threw newbies. them in prison. Yeah. What a cool reaction. <laughs> wow. Guys, guys, we're just having fun. You guys are real cool. <laughs> the charge, lying about a bog. <laughs> What is the charge? <laughs> what are you in for? A <laughs> lot about a bog. <laughs> oh, so we all did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I killed a guy. You guys only lied about bogs. <laughs> the guy that killed a guy gets out way earlier. <laughs> so the rest of the royal p- hunting party wasn't getting on that well with the locals, but the leader, the 71-year-old Francois Antoine, was he was endearing himself to the locals, and he did it in a way that I think Jess would really appreciate. He organised- a fireworks display. Oh, hell yeah. I fucking love fireworks. You want to see me look like a toddler again? Fireworks. I, a, a mouth you agape. Look up in, a, in bewilderment. In absolute awe. I love fireworks. That's so good. I love them. There was some, because I can see the MCG from my place that I sat down the other night and could just see them out the window. And I went, ooh! I was home alone. I was home alone. And there was some fireworks. And I went, ooh! <laughs> and I watched them for a bit. It was so fun. That's sick. I love fireworks. And imagine if you're in 1765. That would blow your mind. Wouldn't blow your mind. Probably could blow you up. (laughs) But they probably wouldn't have the ones that go up and they go like, boom, and you go, okay. And then it goes, boom, and you're like, whoa, Whoa. you got me. If I was like, you go, boring, oh, my God. (laughs) The royal horseman sent him to jail. You tricked me. (laughs) That's it. That's it, fireworks. That was unfair. Long about <laughs> putting your gun out. Come on, come down here. In a job. He's trying to jail a firework. <laughs> so uh, he put on this fireworks display, and apparently the locals loved it. They were right into it. And he, f- he finished with this uh, big sort of trumpet announcement We will destroy the beast. And everyone didn't understand what he was saying because it didn't speak the same language. <laughs> like, okay, he's yelling something. Okay, okay. you all right, mate? What? Was that all right? <laughs> I'm just going to go on Pinterest real quick, look up fireworks tattoos. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. That'd be That'd actually sick. be sick. <laughs> uh, if you get the right color, it could look like a rash. Yes. <laughs> that'd be cool. That'd That's be really cool. nice. Hiding in plain sight. <laughs> a few days after the fireworks show, on August the 28th, Francois Antoine's nephew, named Rincard, 
Uh, killed <laughs> a big wolf. Again, that to play the waiting game. Was this the beast? They would have to wait and see if the killing ceased. Mm. Oh, my God, that rhymed. Unfortunately, two deaths in quick succession in mid-September quashed any hopes of this. Then a huge wolf, another one, was spotted near the Abbey of Chazes. <laughs> like, you have to hear that what you're doing is just mumbling. <laughs> uh, that is so offensive to the French, Jess. Chazes. <laughs> oh, yeah? You, oh, you're familiar with this place? <laughs> <laughs> you just go deeper and you gesture and you're like, that's French. <laughs> doing a bit of French. God, this is easy. The Abbey. Chazes. And then you just continue. We're supposed to just sit here and listen to these sit mumbles. Sit here and you listen. <laughs> listen. <laughs> uh, let me let Schwalb and Romero take up the story. Francois Anton was about to find himself in the hunt of his life. <gasps> the royal gun bearer came upon a number of animal trails in the nearby woods. While examining the tracks, he found at a convergence of several paths, a donkey here? No. Can't be, he thought to himself. <gasps> a wolf, 50 steps away and closing in. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It was monstrous. Mon Dieu, breathed the knight of St. Louis. He scrambled for a gun oh. and he took aim. Francois Antoine used a large caliber duck hunting shotgun loaded with five charges of strong powder and 33 buckshot pellets ranging from four and a half to eight millimeters in diameter. Oh my God, I hope he's aiming the gun the right way. <laughs> he fired and stumbled back two paces. The gun Kicked like a mule. <laughs> Wildly, he recovered and peered through the gun smoke. The load had hit home. It looked to have gone through the wolf's right eye and into its right side. Hurrah! But impossible, the wolf got to its feet and charged. Tight-lipped, Antoine forced himself to focus. No time to reload. My knife! He felt for it at his side. The gap narrowed. Francois Antoine's mind raced. The wolf was ten steps away. He brought up the gun to club it. Luckily... Rincard, his nephew, had positioned himself behind the beast and fired. Did he succeed? The white smoke blinded Antoine, who expected the beast to be upon him at any moment. Then he saw the wolf had fallen again. But, true to the stories the peasants told, it was rising once more. No, this Terminator wolf! How could this be? Your knife, shouted Rincard! But there was no need. The wolf staggered off in a different direction, running crazily for 20 yards, fell and died. Oh! <gasps> The delighted hunting party contacted the local surgeon who was to complete an autopsy. The king was determined to know exactly what the animal was. On the first day of October 1765, Francois Antoine's wolf was presented at the court of King Louis XV in Versailles. Visiting at the time, luckily for us, was a prolific letter writer, Horace Walpole, Earl of Orford in England. Who I think is going to. Horace Walpole, the Earl of Orford! <laughs> I think he's got a little resemblance to you, Dave. I don't know, see what you think. Yeah. A bit of No. <laughs> in what in what young man. Yeah, picture Dave with a wig like that though. I don't know if you know what Dave looks like. <laughs> that guy's got a really long face. We both have large foreheads. Okay. Is that what you were getting at, Matt? Huh. Okay. Matt, I don't see Dave in that at all. Mm, I'm way hotter than that guy. Way hotter. Thank You've you. got a very different physique. This man he's got a re- he's a real pair. Oh, wow. Isn't I wasn't that- expecting when you Scroll from the top. I think that's where I, I saw the hips, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> he's got your hips. Oh, he's got your hips. <laughs> <laughs> I did make, I, wrote, I made, noted that down at about 4 a.m. last night. So, mm-hmm. so but he was there. Now to it's document- 12 hours later. Is that I'm Hor- going to have to get the listener's opinion on this. <laughs> is that, is that, and that's Horace. 
That's Horace. That's the Englishman. Who, he's writing letters and He's stuff, there at Versailles man. and apparently he's just a prolific letter writer and historians love him because he documented so many things around. <sighs> awesome. Uh, That's handy. Time. Here's an excerpt from a letter he wrote on October the 3rd, 1765. In the Queen's antechamber, we foreigners were shown the famous beast of the Gévaudan, just arrived and covered with a cloth, which two page boys lifted up. It is an absolute wolf. <laughs> okay. But okay. uncommonly large, and the expression of agony and fierceness remained strongly imprinted on its dead jaws. So they've, they've got it. It's a wolf. It's a wolf. It's a huge wolf. And they think it's the wolf. They do. And two months went by without attack. Oh, my goodness. Could the beast's reign of terror finally be over? Well, this beast was killing. It was attacking like, you know, 10, 15 times a month. Yeah. yeah. And to go two months without yeah, an attack. Yeah, you'd feel pretty confident. Yeah. yeah. Well, unfortunately, no. 72 days after the royal hunters took down the large wolf, the attacks continued. Oh, no. my God. In December, multiple attacks occurred, leading to more death and decapitation. Oh, dear. What? One of the deaths was so grisly that all remained of the victim was their hands. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that a full-on image? Yeah. Did you find the body? Uh, <laughs> we found the hands. We found the hands. According to Joseph A. Williams, writing for History.com, the royal court chose to ignore these new attacks, insisting that Antoine had killed the creature. My man's killed it. I don't know what you're talking about. How to explain these hands. Whatever. They're probably already there. <laughs> it's done, okay? Move on. Move on. Guys, it's done. It's done. You're embarrassing yourselves. So that that's the messaging coming back from the king. It's, it's over. Stop talking to us about it. And Lafont felt... Conflicted, our man Lafont, you know, he's the one who started mm. trying to uh, get this dealt with way back. And uh, he, he just like, the king thinks it's dealt with. If I keep going on about how it's not, maybe it will offend the king. It seems like he's being a bit like, right. what do you mean? I've already, I got it sorted. I sent you a guy. Mm-hmm. Have they paid like the a- reward out too, the 50 year salary? Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, maybe his right hand man got it. <laughs> yeah, the right hand man's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. I need this. Uh, I'm 71. 50 years salary could come in really handy about now. A lot of people my age don't have much in retirement. You know, I'm going to be retiring very comfortably. And on top of this, he didn't really want to uh, keep going on about with the king because the king was dealing with the death of his son, Louis, who had recently passed away from consumption. I think it was in, in his mid-30s. According to Schwalbe and Romero, an outspoken area priest, Jean-Baptiste Ollier, wrote many letters trying to convince authorities that the beast was not just a wolf and not the animal that Francois Antoine had destroyed, but a monster of some kind that was still at large. The lack of response to his missives only served to frustrate the cleric. So he's he's trying to tell people. He's going, come on. But everyone's just like, we don't want to. It's over. Move on. The beast had officially been killed already. Somehow, though, death's still happening. These attacks continue. And because of this, uh, the documentation isn't as good from this period onwards. Because mm. they're like, no, it's already They're pretending it's not happening. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as far as can be gleaned from the records, the beast seemed to head off for a bit of a break uh, between <laughs> November 1766 <laughs> and leave. March yeah. 1767. This is like, the, that's through the whole winter time. Maybe it's like, I had a big winter last year. Yeah. I'm going to take it nice and chill this yeah, one. Pun maybe, intended. <laughs> maybe head it off to a, some sort of tropical island. Yeah, I'm going to go to Mexico. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to catch up with my mate, Tiger Cat. <laughs> but yeah, after that, after the sojourn, came back with a vengeance for one final killing spree. Oh my goodness, one last job. Yeah. <laughs> Before retirement. <laughs> this bloody period occurred from March the 2nd until June the 18th. 
when it is believed there were approximately 35 attacks with 15 people losing their lives. Right. So, like I say, that. There could be more because the records weren't as uh, comprehensive then. That's crazy. According to Boisonneau, with no assistance coming from outside the region, locals took matters into their own hands, an option that may have been wiser from the beginning, since the previous hunters were unfamiliar with the landscape and had trouble communicating with locals. Her suggestion is, yeah, you, you were probably, the locals were probably always the best people for the job. We kept getting people from outside in going, oh, this terrain's actually pretty rough. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. they're like, what, this? We live no. here. We live here. Yeah, we live here. They're like, yeah. So, no wonder the locals were sort of frustrated with them. Yeah. Um, and like, they were this all- is fucked. Like, this is my home. <laughs> yeah. The 20-year-old Marquis D'Apture decided to organize an impromptu hunt. So, he's sort of grown up with it now. It's, he was 17 or something when it started. Oh, yeah. Now he's 20. He's like- uh, on on that night of June the eighteenth, that was that was when the last death happened. He's like, "That's it. We're gonna do, we're gonna go get it, and we're gonna go get it now." <laughs> it was close to midnight, and he got together a group of twelve lovely lads. Stephen was there. <laughs> Jean Claude Van Damme oh, was there. Wow! Whoa! Uh, it's the Expendables. Basically. It's the Expendables. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Jet Lee. Jet Lee was there. <laughs> George Clooney. There's a few oceans there as well. <laughs> And the 12 included also the Chastel family, who you'd remember mm. they tricked the they horsemen into the bog. They went to prison. Oh, there. yeah, love those guys. Lied about a bog. <laughs> so they were, they were made up a, a chunk of the group. They searched into the night. The moon had gone down and the sun had come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup, yet there were still no signs of the beast. <laughs> At dawn, Jean Chastel, the farmer and barman, who sent them into the bog, Realised he hadn't done his daily prayers. He's like, I've been hunting all night. I forgot about my prayers. Oh, my God. He suddenly pulled out his prayer book and uh, just standing there in the woods, he started praying, doing his daily prayers. Just before he almost finished, he looked up and you wouldn't bloody believe it. There was the beast. The beast was like, thank goodness, I left my prayer book somewhere. <laughs> Can I look here. over your shoulder? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you mind if I join you in prayer? Apparently, he saw it then he finished his prayer, put the prayer book back in his pocket. Chester had come- prepared. His gun was a blunderbuss and he loaded up with a random assortment of slugs and nails, which I believe were made of silver, and cast and blessed by a priest. Right, but can he just fill a gun with like lots of shit and then hope- You can put anything you want in a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, this this is just like shrapnel and stuff and it's just going to spray, basically. (laughs) That sounds incredibly dangerous. Yeah. (laughs) Or- Incredibly effective. Mm. And you, you, I don't know if you know about uh, silver bullets and werewolves, that whole oh, yeah. mythology. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is sort of connected in that um, a bit, some and, say. And the priesters bless them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a bit vampire as well. <laughs> uh, there's garlic in there. <laughs> <laughs> there's a mirror. <laughs> yeah, there's a mirror. A crucifix is in there. <laughs> I think I think I might have even read that um, some of the metal was maybe from like a Virgin Mary statue or something melted down or something All like right. a, they went fully, you know, as symbolic as they could with mm. this shrapnel. And according to Schwalbe and Romero, he took up this gun. The beast proceeded on its course, moving fast, winding through the trees. Then it looked up and saw Chastel. They're looking to each other. It's it came to a stop. Chastel did not move. Man and menace faced one another. Oh, man and menace. Chastel ticked off all the characteristics of the beast. <laughs> That's us, Dave. Man and menace. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> menace. <laughs> <laughs> the immense size, the odd colouring, the blazing eyes, like a wolf and yet not a wolf. He fired. Bam. The shot echoed through the woods. It was good. 
The beast shuddered, as if something possessed it. It stumbled, got up, stumbled again. Chastel waited as the chalky gunsmoke cleared. The beast fell. It did not get up again. <gasps> so I, I love how I do love the writing of the Schwab so and Romero. So I love good. that. It was good. It was good. So if, you, if you're interested in more, highly recommend. I love how he reads in the audiobook as well. Hot tip. Uh, get on to it. Um, then it got sent for an autopsy, according to Williams. The autopsy revealed human remains inside, and the animal had non-wolf characteristics as described by witnesses. And then the attacks ended. But while it was assumed that the beast Chastel Bag was the beast, doubts remained that it was indeed a wolf. No one has ever been able to settle this. It's a mystery. As to if it was a wolf what or it something was. else. And everyone Whoa. has theories on it. You wouldn't put anything. You could suggest anything and someone has a theory that that is what it was. It was actually a duck. <laughs> that one? Has somebody said that? <laughs> now. <yeah. laughs> uh, legend has it apparently, and it's not sure if this happened or not, but apparently Chastel took the body of the beast to Versailles. By the time he got there, it was pretty rank, and the king was like, Ugh. No, thanks. Thanks. Thank no you. Thanks. We've already- This is something else we've already dealt with. A beautiful gesture, yeah. but um, not I've, for me. I've seen another one before. <laughs> He's already saying, we've already got this sorted out anyway. Um, and then apparently it was in, interred somewhere on the palace grounds, and they've become lost to history. So, unfortunately, wow. you know, if, if they'd kept it somewhere, oh. you know, if, you know, stuffed it even, and the hide went into a museum- We'd know what it was. But we should just dig up all of the side to yes. try and find it. Let's do it. Thank you. That's not unreasonable. Shovel, I don't think that's unreasonable. Shovel by shovel. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mm-hmm. Destroy those beautiful grounds. <laughs> I would argue that is reasonable, even. Mm. I would mm-hmm. go that far. Yeah. Uh, until its death, it's estimated the beast had killed at least 100 people Whoa. and wounded in the vicinity of 300. Wow. So that's like 400 victims over a three-year period. Wild. That's incredible. So, what exactly was the beast of Gévaudan? If you If you get the book, th- this part of the book is the final two-thirds where they start going- Here's what we think it could be. We're diving <laughs> deep into every theory. It's awesome. So, obviously, I'm not going to go anywhere near in, in that much detail. I found a great um, article uh, on history.com by this guy, Will Williams, and I'm going to let him sort of break it down a little bit. He wrote, The beast was consistently described by eyewitnesses as something other than a typical wolf. It was as large as a calf or sometimes a horse. Its coat was reddish grey with a long, strong panther-like tail. The head and legs were short-haired and the colour of a deer. It had a black stripe on its back and talons on its feet. Many drawings of the beast at the time endowed with lupine characteristics. 
Which I think is, is that werewolves or just wolves? Well, it doesn't matter. Witnesses descri- oh, yeah. described the beast as an ambush hunter, which stalked its prey and seized it by the throat. The wounds found on the bodies were typically to the head and limbs, with the remains of 16 victims reportedly decapitated. The creature prowled in the evenings and in the mornings. According to historian Smith, other witnesses claimed the beast had supernatural abilities. It could walk on its hind feet, and its hide could repel bullets, and it had fire in its eyes, and it came back from the dead more than once and had amazing leaping ability. <laughs> that sounds like- Save the best one to last, and it could jump real good. <laughs> that sounded like a, like a child describing a baddie in a movie. Yeah. So, and then they could do this, and this, and this. Uh, so, yeah, let's go through some of the suspects as summarised by Joseph A. Williams. Historian scientists, pseudoscientists, and conspiracy theorists have all proposed theories about what the beast was. Among the suspects, a Eurasian wolf, an armoured war dog, a striped hyena, a lion, some kind of prehistoric predator, a werewolf, a dog-wolf hybrid, and the most deadly animal of all, the human. <laughs> oh, okay. It Holy was a human shit. all along. With talons on its feet. Obviously, the, the werewolf one is pretty fanciful, but people did, you know, there were reports. And obviously, there's also thoughts that maybe there was some mass hysteria going on amongst it all, but people are seeing, like, Wolfman-like creatures in the forest and whatnot. Mm. It's also pretty unrealistic that the beast was an extinct prehistoric predator, such as a bear dog, which some people have suggested, but it would have had to have survived millions of years unseen until this point. Well, if they were in a part of the world that's not even on the map, maybe. Yeah. Well, that's true. And it, it like it, it's described very similar to the bear dog remain, you know, like the fossils and whatever. They do think they were quite similar, but yeah, unlikely to make it through those millions of years. Dire wolf's another extinct animal, and the hyenodon. Uh, there's a which I don't know if it's this one, but there's also people think it's you know the whale predecessor ancestor that was on the on Earth mm. before the, they went into the water. Yeah, some people think it's that, like a land whale. <laughs> Uh, and some people think it's a duck. Uh, <laughs> so what about the possibility of it being a human? Some have suggested that a human serial killer may be responsible for the attacks. Many of the beast victims were reported to be decapitated, something few animals can do. While it's unlikely that a killer would roam about for victims in broad daylight wearing a bestial costume, <laughs> those who support this theory believe that the human killer used an animal to carry out the crimes. Others do suggest that it was just a person and maybe even some of the murders was an opportunistic human killer, you know? Oh, and tried to yeah, take advantage yeah. of the hysteria. Yeah. But you're saying, some people are saying that it, they trained an animal to kill for them. Yes. And uh, one okay. of one of the big theories of recent times, and, you know, there's been theories ever since, but one uh, blogger, John Lifton, summarises one of them, writing, Of late, many people have become increasingly concerned by the involvement of one Jean Chastel. I remember one of the guys that sent the horses into the bog. Yeah. Uh, Jean, a farmer and innkeeper, as we've discussed, uh, and his son, Jean-Antoine, have come under suspicion because when both of them were in prison for a period because of their aggressive attitude to the the gamekeeper, the number of attacks by the monster diminished noticeably. Diminished. Yeah. Didn't end. Diminished. It is therefore- yeah, I mean, no, none of these theories are definitive by any stretch. Yeah, Everyone yeah. you can um, undercut. But he goes on to say, it has therefore been put forward that the beast was the result of John crossing either his own or his son's red-coloured mastiff with a wolf and then subsequently training it to kill. <laughs> Almost all the evidence is circumstantial, but much of it quite compelling. <laughs> the creature may have been a particularly aggressive hybrid, 
which they trained to have no fear of humans, but instead to attack and to kill them. Witnesses have said that if its attacks were met with strong resistance, the beast would retreat 50 yards or so, then sit and wait, as if sizing up the situation before finally returning to the fray. And this is apparently trained animal behavior, not wild animal behavior. A wild animal, if it met its match, it would flee for good. It wouldn't go and have a look. Like, it, it wouldn't go and sum things up and come back. Hmm. Oh, right. Right, but, like it's waiting for further instructions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then uh, a lot of people notice a man whispering <laughs> into its ear. <laughs> sort of giving it a shoulder rub. <laughs> yeah. Good boy. Yeah. Good boy. It. You got him. <laughs> You're tough. You're unbeatable. <laughs> go get that kid. <laughs> Furthermore, uh, witnesses thought that the beast was driven not by hunger but by its own fury and innate aggressiveness, which we talked about before. According to hunters in the 18th and 19th centuries, crosses between dogs and wolves were invariably very varied in appearance with dark or light tinges, sometimes marked yellow or white stripes like a zebra. This, of course, agrees with many of the eyewitness descriptions of the beast. So here there's a lot of people that think this is what it is. It's a crossbreed that's been trained to kill. So it's a human serial killer using their pet, basically, which sounds like it's got a bit of uh, the hounds of... The Baskervilles. Yeah, about it. really sound like yeah. the Hand of the Baskervilles, yes. Uh, back to Williams. If it was an animal, what animal was it? Some have speculated there was an armoured war dog, which explains its strange appearance and why it shrugged off musket shots. I'm sure you'll explain to us what an armoured war dog is. So, apparently Napoleon had him. He'd use them in war. Dogs and, and some believe that they would wear like an armoured coat, basically. Bulletproof vest for a dog. And this is what, um, so they thought maybe, again, this could be a human-trained dog. And this is why it could survive the right, gunshot wound. They could shoot it a lot, right? Yeah. Or, you know, get knocked down, but get up again. Chumbawamba style. <laughs> uh, striped hyena is another one people talk about. Some depictions of the beast uh, and the animal slain by Chastel suggest it resembled a striped hyena. It's possible that a striped hyena may have been in a person's private holding and then escaped. Since it was not native to France, it would have been it would have appeared unusual. However, striped hyenas are not known to attack humans. They're like, looks like it, but doesn't at all behave like it. Well, the other thing about the theory about Chastel's having trained it, he's the one who ended up killing it. So they're like, yeah. maybe that's why he was used to him. So the beast, you know, didn't stopped it in an attack and then he killed it sort of to claim the glory. And the cash. And the cash, maybe. Yeah. But was there any cash for the second one? Or were they I don't, like, I no, don't no. think there was. Oh, yeah. We already got it. I think the cash it. was done, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's man. annoying. You couldn't pay me enough to shoot my dog. Mm. Even if I'd trained him to kill. <laughs> I can't train him to fucking piss in the right place. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, the lion theory. Apparently, Carl Hans Tarki, a, bi- a biologist who has written a book on the beast, argues that it may have been an immature male lion. Like the hyena, it's possible that a lion escaped from captivity. The beast reportedly was an ambush hunter that seized prey by the neck and could possibly decapitate him. A lion, uh, Take argues, could exhibit these predatory behaviours. Uh, lions have been known to prey upon humans as food sources. Such There was a famous case of the lions in Savo in which a, a lion pair killed over 130 victims in under a year. Another supporting fact is that the Territory of the beast at roughly 56 by 50 miles aligns with a lion's typical range. Eyewitnesses in France at the time were likely not familiar with lions and what they did know about them came from very stylized imagery. So maybe a lion to them could have been the beast that they described. And a sub-adult, like a a younger male lion doesn't have the mane and that sort of stuff and can have like a mohawk stripe running down its back. 
uh, which matches some of these eyewitness um, accounts. Right. And then, as, as you might remember, our man Duhamel uh, thought the father of the beast was a lion and he may, you know, so maybe he was on the right track there. Mm. And maybe the mother was a lion as well. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was just a lion. People have also suggested baboons. Um, what? Yeah. I'm sorry, pardon? Uh, baboons. <laughs> um, but, yeah. And, and and again, and, and not just one, but multiple, like in a lion taped together suit. Yes, <laughs> no baboons. They can. They look a bit. They've got a bit of a, a dog-like face. Yeah. Uh, you see some of them. They kind of look like lions, and they run on all fours. And then obviously the wolf. That's the that's the big one. Among the theories considered most credible is that wolves perpetuated the attacks. As historian J. M. Smith tells the Smithsonian, Givardon had a serious wolf infestation. And he believes that large lone wolves were attacking individual communities across the region or that it was one wolf pack. Wolves are native to the region and had attacked humans before, despite, you know, recent North American studies saying that it is very rare. Some statistics show that wolves attacked humans 9,000 times in France between the 17th and 19th centuries. That's a lot. That is a lot, yeah. In most cases, these types of attacks were by rabid wolves, though. And obviously, they can only they only tend to live for seven days, mm-hmm. so it'd be very unlikely. And then also, uh, another flaw in that theory is that if they did have rabies, the people they attacked would have got rabies, and that mm, that survivors didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although there are strong voices arguing multiple theories about the identity of the beast of the Jevedon, all admit that the truth will never be fully known. Without any genetic or forensic evidence, the beast of the Jevedon is bound to remain a mystery forever. Wow. But oh. I didn't write this down, but you know how you're talking about the bishop, how you yeah. thought it was him? Yeah. Mm. He died, like, that week. No. If yeah. he was involved somehow, what are the odds of that? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I reckon it sounds like it was the bishop. I think we've just blown this case wide open. He died that week, and his body was taken to Versailles, <laughs> and the king was like, I don't want Stop this. Stop bringing me <laughs> dead shit. This is gross. <laughs> Like, Stop it! Why are you like cats bringing in dead birds? I don't want to see this stuff. This is gross. I thought I did. Can I find, finish with one last thing? This is about uh, Charles Dickens. I think you're familiar with his work, mm. English writer. He wrote about the beast in an 1858 issue of his magazine called Household Words. Wow. And it seems that he mainly did this to mock the French and the beast itself oh. from the safe distance of 600 miles away and 100 years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's tough now, 100 years away. He published a letter in this issue suggesting that if the beast had been in England, it would have only survived as long as six weeks. And that would only be so so they could enjoy hunting it multiple times before finishing it off. You know. All right, big man. All right, big man. Then he wrote, so that was a letter he published, and then he wrote this himself. He was doubtless a terrible creature to behold. But if he at all resembled the portrait of him, which was sent in April 1765, he must have been a creature rather to kill you with laughter than with his teeth and claws. The animal is, in truth, a most ridiculous monster. Indeed, one that Trinculo of Shakespeare's The Tempest, am I saying that right? Mm. Would have jeered at as a very weak monster, a most poor credulous monster, a puppy-headed monster, a most scurvy monster. Indeed, the jester could hardly have it upon any phrase of absurdity whereby to load him with contempt as he stands, his curling tail trailing on the ground with ponderous head and cropped ears, with his mouth filled with enormous teeth wide open, as if he were catching flies, with his small sleepy eyes, and with the most good-natured expression on his foolish face. Pretty tough words from Chucky Charles, D. Charles, come there. on, a hundred oh. people died. Is this a laughing matter? Did you hear us laughing at all over the last three hours? Not the, once. I don't think so. 
This is the picture he was referring to. <laughs> okay, that is pretty funny. That is pretty funny. That looks like that's dumb. It looks like, like kind of like I can see like a hyena slash mongoose, and it's yes. wearing those sort of novelty teeth. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like this shoved in novelty dentures. Yeah, yeah almost like one of those muppets. Who's yeah. that muppet with that those teeth? You know, this teeth muppet. Anyway, that's the end of my report. Any Dr. any teeth? theories before we? Yeah, Doctor Teeth. <laughs> any theories? We're thinking the bishop. I've said bishop. Locking in bishop or oh. duck. He's sticking with duck. Oh, I actually think it was a duck in collaboration with the bish. Right. I'm not ruling out mole people. Oh yeah. yes, you never can. That's the thing. I'm mm. sure that that's discussed on the Reddit boards. Yes, mole people. It's gotta be. Yes. Apologies if that was a bit epic. I don't have no idea how long that went for, but it feels like maybe weeks. We are over three hours here. Great work, which is only a few episodes have been reserved for the three-hour-plus mm. report. So, well done. And we know that that was a beast that you wrestled with until the early hours of this morning. And it made a lot more sense than we were expecting. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Um, uh, I amused myself uh, when I said to you last week that I was working on a real beast of a report. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you had no idea. You didn't get it. <laughs> I got you so good. I feel so stupid. Oh, I got you. <laughs> You think you know someone. Yeah. You can't trust anybody these days. No. You looked foolish. Yeah, I feel foolish. That's great. That's such a cool story. Obviously, trauma- Me getting traumatic. getting you with the beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm amazed that I've never heard of that in any way. I love it. Amazing. Because it's one of those ones that you hear so many of these stories mm. of each country's got their, their beast, whatever it is. But usually, two people have seen it. Yes. yes. Midnight. 200 years ago, whatever. But this one, clearly something killed 100 people. Yeah. They and it was documented, like, for the most part, super well. A lot of details. Yeah. A lot of correspondence. Mm. What 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 do you think? Do you have any- Do you think it is just a wolf? Oh, man. I mean, it makes some sense because, like, the variations in what they thought it was, I, you know, like, di- yeah, different wolves. Or maybe it was. There was a, a hyena working in with a wolf. Mm. Who was being trained by this Chastel character? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm liking this. I'm no, I, ha- I have no idea, but you know, I, I went through all thoughts. I'm like, one of the weird things to me was about women and children. Mm. That feels like a, a human would make those distinctions. Why yeah, would a beast be yes. choosing those in particular? A great question. Yeah. Um. So I, yeah, I just, I've, I just don't know. Um. Maybe it's just was just opportunity. Maybe all the men were working indoors at that time. <laughs> yeah. Cowards. T- typical. Yeah. Or maybe it was p- just picking off smaller people, you know, so going yeah, up. Yeah, I guess, it, it, you know. Generally yeah. speaking, women are smaller than men, maybe, I don't know. And then your kids out on their own in the paddock, you think this is an easier picking? Yeah. So, those kids that fought are off badass. Love so that. badass, my favorite. And the cows. I reckon they were the, the yes. quiet heroes of this whole thing. I yeah. loved it. And also that poor sheep that they dressed up as Madeline. <laughs> Such a funny so that that guy who was just like, and then you cover that in grease, and then honey, he's like, oh, sorry, I'm giving you a recipe for glazed ham. <laughs> sorry, I got, I was doing two things at once, and I. But if you follow that recipe, you will get a fantastic ham. <laughs> well, I think that brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show, uh, where we thank a few of our great Patreon supporters. Uh, they voted on this topic, and there's a bunch of other things if you get involved at Patreon.com/slash Do Go On Pod. Uh, you get three bonus episodes a month. Soon, perhaps to be four bonus episodes a month if we reach our target. Yeah, we're rocketing towards our Patreon goal. I think we've hit the ninety percent mark, and if we get there, we have said that we will get a fourth bonus episode a month. So basically, uh, you know, two episodes a week we'll be putting out. Uh, four on the Patreon. Per month, including the fourth one, will be our Dungeons and Dragons campaign, 
Dugo D&D, Dungeon and Dragon. A few <laughs> suggestions have been coming through. We appreciate those names. Still feel like we haven't settled on one yet, so keep them coming. Yeah, it's almost like we've got too many op- options. Yes, that's it's overwhelming. None of them are stand out like, above, oh, above the yeah. rest <laughs> because they're all but, but bad. But some of them are too- Honestly, some of them are too good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, there's a bunch of other rewards you can get access into the nicest corner of the internet. Um, so many great things. Sophie Shooter in there, our uh, our Facebook group mum, she organised all these great swaps. We're doing a t-shirt one at the moment. You know what? I didn't realise we're allowed to be involved in them. I'm doing the t-shirt swap this time. Awesome. So um, I'm going to be uh, stressing about picking the perfect t-shirt for my, uh, it's got a, like a an all-year-round Chris Kringle kind of vibe. Yeah. You get paired up with someone in there by, by a random number generator and you're sending a T-shirt or a snack or depending on w- which one it is, somewhere across the other side of the world. Love it that is so awesome. much. Uh, a lot of great stuff in there. Um, but one of the things we do is uh, a section called the Fact, Quote, or Question section. I think it has a jingle. It goes something like this. Fact, Quote, or Question. Hmm. He always remembers the ding. Hmm. She always remembers the jing, ghoul. And what do you call that? The thing you did there was fantastic. Oh, sing. Sing. And also <laughs> remembered the sing. Uh, to get involved with this, sign up at the Sydney Schomburg level or above, and you get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question, or a brag, or a suggestion, or really whatever you like. You also get to give yourself a title. And I should warn you, I read these out for the first time when I'm reading them out. So if, in case I stuff anything up, <laughs> don't blame me. <laughs> okay. The first one here comes from Gary J from the UK. Uh, who's given himself the title Daddy Daycare. And uh, he's offered us a fact with a sort of brag. Okay. Uh, writing, this is a long story sorry. I'm so proud to have supported this pod at the Sydney Schomburg level for so long, but I'm going to have to drop my Patreon level for a year. Me and Nat went through IVF for years and no good. Then we started the adoption process. Now, after over two years of training, social worker meetings and panels to decide if we're good enough, we've been paired with a little girl. <gasps> Congratulations, yes, Daddy Excellent news. Congratulations, both of you. Fantastic. That's amazing. All three of you. Wow. Oh. Lucky kid. Uh, he continues, I'm going to be taking the year off work to be the main carer, so I'm not going to be able to bring in as much money, but I still need to stay on the bonus episodes plus Facebook group, aka the kindest corner of the internet level. I need all that in my life still. Oh, that, more important now than ever, the community. You're going to be asking questions like, oh, is, d- does this look right? Yeah. That's uh, just pictures of the kid. Yeah. Is this, okay? is is this it, right? Should I be doing know. this? <laughs> that is amazing. That is the best news that I've heard so for a long time. Yeah. Jay, oh, Gaddy Jay finishes by saying, thank you to you three and this whole community slash family. No, I'm not crying. You are. Ta-ta for now. Uh, familiar. <laughs> Love that, Gaddy Jay. Congratulations. Great so news. Lovely. Love it. That's awesome news. The next one comes from Amy Clark, a.k.a. Brigadier General, forgettable name. Brigadier. Brigadier. Brigadier General, forgettable name. <laughs> and Amy is asking a question, right? Amy Clark is a vanilla name. It's a forgettable mm. name. Already forgotten it. What was it? Who cares? Brigadier. 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 Amy Clark, just joking. Amy also takes those fantastic snow photos. Oh, yes, you love the snow photos. She actually lives in the Scotland of France of Canada, I think. Um, The community 
<laughs> you three. Dave just I rolled his eyes. <laughs> no, I didn't like. I was trying to calculate what you meant. I was like, oh, oh don't calculate. <laughs> cannot compute. Cannot, cannot compute. compute. So Amy Clark asked a question. Writing the community you three have created as a delightful companion to this award-winning podcast is something to celebrate. Love that. I'm not sure we've won any awards, but still. Award nominated. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you got to be in it to win it. And while I'm very much- Oh, hang on. This podcast has won a bunch of Golden Shiny Garys. Oh, you're right. This is the most Golden Shiny Gary Award (laughs) podcast in history. Yeah, so I think it's fair to say that. Thank you. You're right. Sorry. And For the awards we made up, of course. And what? Well, I mean, all awards are made up. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> These ones I always find slightly awkward to read out. It's like, now let's spend a bit of time reading out nice things about us. I'm here for it. <laughs> well, you're not reading it. I guess you're just listening, which sounds pretty good. Amy continues. And while I'm very much looking forward to the North American tour and hopefully my own future trips to Australia, a question occurred to me last night as I was laying in bed, unable to sleep. What is the possible potential possibility of possibly arranging a do-go-on cruise? Oh, Dave, this is... I've legitimately thought about it before. That's, I mean, it's such a, it's a great fun idea. I think it would be a do-go-on dinghy. I don't know if we're going to fill a cruise. Generally thought about... You know how sometimes they do like... They even do... Kiss cruise. They do a comedy cruise, kiss cruise, or like... Boost they cruise. started doing like punk, punk rock cruises. Oh, different kind of cruises. <laughs> Because you can't just get little boats and do a booze cruise. Vodka cruises. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Can <laughs> we just do a- My favourite cruise of all, Tom. Chap laps. Sorry, what are we- <laughs> Chap laps. That doesn't make sense to anybody outside of Melbourne, and I will not explain it. Um, you know how they do those cruises, and they've even done, like, some pop-punk cruises, like, headlined by yes. Blink-182 and, like, some 41 stuff going there, and then you get a couple thousand people that just love that kind of thing. I was like, what if we did a podcast cruise with us and a bunch of other pods, and it's just pod people on the cruise? Oh, my God. <laughs> Jess's face. <laughs> Nightmare for Jess. I'm just- Sorry, yeah. Jess is seasick that day. Oh, fuck, I do get so seasick, oh. and I'm also a big old introvert, and it's just a lot. But what you like is being trapped. Is I do actually. I find that very comforting. Yes. <laughs> but the don't worry, Jess. I had this idea before COVID, and then everyone really went off cruise ships for a long time there. So <laughs> Which that means really- they'll be cheaper now. <laughs> yeah, actually, they Jess, will be. I know how we can sweeten the deal. We get you your own tugboat. I was literally <laughs> as soon as he said cruise, I was like, mm, there'd have to be a tugboat involved. So each day you perform, you, you we tug you on and tug you off. That's what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky, bit cheeky, <laughs> bit of fun there. It's wildly inappropriate. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, was there a double meaning to what I said? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Amy continues on. Maybe it's a huge no-no, no-go in this post-pandemic world. But goddamn, if we could just ignore all that for a moment and all imagine the camaraderie and hilarity that would ensue. I think it's a beautiful new Patreon aspirational goal. That would be so fun. And they do do like short term, like cruises that are only like three or four days. Or yeah, whatever. I think I think it was like, you'd be like two nights, three nights or something. Yeah, That's what often they like in Melbourne. They sometimes do comedy cruises where you know you get on there and Pete Rosethorn and yeah, people like that are performing. I'd do it comedy all weekend. Just yeah. give me my own room. Yes, to go and and recharge. We'll give you in. the captain's quarters. <gasps> Oh, what about the captain? Does that mean I have to drive the boat too? Yes, I'm afraid yeah. so. Oh. We're cutting costs. You're going to have to do double shift. <laughs> but we will end up 
having a disaster that can be an extra uh, report. In the oh future. yeah, that'd be really handy. Creating our content. And then, oh, and that's then we, good. It would be like easier on the research because we yeah. just we know yeah. it. Eyewitness yeah, accounts. It. No other podcast has covered it yet. Yeah. We've got the exclusivity. So Amy finishes by saying. Are Patreon stretch goals still a thing anymore? They're not. They don't let us do them anymore. Yeah. But we have, uh, we're doing our own one for the D&D fourth bonus podcast a month. Um, but, you know, maybe the cruise can go on there next. <laughs> yeah, and we call the cruise ship The Barge. The yes, Barge. The Take it out into international waters. Amy finishes Chris by saying. Chris DeBarge. <laughs> yeah. I still don't know who Chris DeBarge is. You've got to get on, on board. The bar. The brows. <laughs> the brows on the barge. I reckon if you, if we were out there with uh, Chris DeBerg and there was a Titanic situation, just grab onto one of his eyebrows and uh, you'll be whisked to safety. <laughs> a life brow. Oh, those brows aren't sinking. His name's Chris Davin- Davison. Oh, don't tell me that. Does, no, has he made up his last name? Don't tell me that. Has he made up DeBerg? Known professionally as no. Chris DeBerg. Yes. That's not his name. Did you come here today to ruin a dream? <laughs> yes. Why did he choose that name? <laughs> what? Oh, because it's the best name ever. Chris DeBerg. Chris DeBerg. <laughs> Uh, Amy finishes by saying, uh, thanks for the uplifting content you three make sure that gets to us all every single week. Thank you so much. Thank you. Amy Clark. Appreciate uh, you. DeBerg is his mother's maiden name. Oh, great. So, there is a reason for- So, it's okay. DeBerg. Next one comes from Travis Corbell, aka Waste Management Consultant. And uh, there's a question here writing- what would your extremely specialized role in your 15 to 20 person bank heist crew be? Ooh. The pay, the pay split will be awful, but the real treasure is the friends we make along the way. Mm. I would be- I love it how people answer their questions when they ask one. And he does so writing, I would be the light foot for when we need someone to cartoonishly sneak past two guards who are bantering about people they see on the security cameras. A very important role. That's very important. I'm not a good uh, light foot creeper, so I would never put my hand up for that role. Um, I think mm. I'd be the I'd be the one creating a distraction. You know, I'd be I'd be there going huh, door to door, pots and pans salesman. Oh my god! A full- <laughs> <laughs> oh god! What have I done? Oh sorry. <laughs> ping pong, ping ping pong, ping. Oh, I'm so sorry. Let me collect my ping pong trip to get ping pong, ping and pong and a ping. And- <laughs> Not again, I'm so sorry. Anyway, uh, honey, do you cook? And I ping pong ping. Sorry, I'm so sorry. And then you just hear in your ear, okay, we're in. I go, sorry, thank you, everybody. <laughs> and then I'm now just accidentally doing ping pong ping the whole way down the street. <laughs> and the guys just look, the guys have never even said a word. They didn't answer you at all. It's yeah, they're both, they're going, that's weird. Mm, that was a bit strange. Anyway, back to <laughs> laughing at the security camera person. That seems to be some sort of a loop. What about you, Bob? Oh, yeah. I was going to say oh, I'd be a distraction as well. Yeah. Just because the woman always is. Oh, okay. You know, I'd just go in there and flirt with somebody and- Hey, big boy. We're doing- Me and David are doing- We're competing to distract- Oi. <laughs> I'm working here. Dave's walked in in short shorts and a low cut top, and he's sitting on a desk. Hey, big boy! But then, meanwhile, while you're doing pots and pets and you're flirting with big boy, I'm doing backflips in the background. (laughs) (laughs) I'm crawling through the the camera. Yeah, we can see you behind them doing the flips. That's sick. (laughs) We all claim an equal split. (laughs) I'm hanging from the roof. (laughs) Yeah. Dave's going. Ooh la la! My God, do you ever use that gun? Ooh. (laughs) Oh, it's awfully hot in here. Don't you think? 
at the Natural History Museum. <laughs> what are we stealing? <laughs> big dinosaur bone. Is that uh, a big dinosaur bone in your pocket or are you just <laughs> having to see me? Great, great question, Travis. That's a great question. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. We all this team together for the distraction. I love it. And the final one this week comes from Tessa Chilcott, aka Asset Manager. No qualifications, just in case. Oh, just because it's Tessa backwards. Love that. Oh, good one. Tessa is a real answer. And Tessa's also asking questions, writing, who is your favourite Disney character? I'm on night shift. I can't be expected to be creative. So she Fair hasn't enough. answered her own question, but I appreciate that. It's okay. Uh, if, if I know if Evan Munro Smith was here, he would say Andy from Toy Story. Oh, yes. God, what a cop but out. He, that's his answer to every question. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your favourite? I'll stop you right there. Andy from Toy Story. He's going to say uh, ice cream flavour. I stand by my statement. <laughs> Uh, yeah, ooh, okay, Disney. We go on classic Disney or are we including Pixar and stuff? Yeah, like, for can I say I love Piglet from Winnie the Pooh? Oh, yeah, Piglet's got a great vibe. You yeah. got a bit of Piglet about you. Very Thank positive you. energy. But also- You're a little pig. Yeah, seems a little bit, bit wussy, but sometimes- Brave when he needs to be. I've never seen you be brave, but have you ever Piglet? There's a couple of stories where Piglet's like, oh, oh no, no, on Saturday no, no, no. Disney. Oh, so many. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for my Piglet moment. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Oh, this nickname quickly stuck. Just so cool. I've never seen Piglet be brave. <laughs> oh, not that Piglet. I literally said I've never <laughs> you, seen you Piglet. be brave, oh. and he immediately just went, oh no, there's a couple of stories. I thought you said Piglet as well. Nah. What's when, the question? What's the question? Just favorite, favorite Disney character. Oh. When Saturday Disney was on when I was a kid, it, it always ended with Winnie the Pooh, and I was like, Ugh. yeah. Oh, I didn't like the Pooh. I was now looking bad. It's probably one of the better shows, but yeah. He's never liked Pooh, Matt. That's the, true. I remember in Ducktales, I liked that Robo Duck, whatever he was. Gizmo. I, I never watched Robo um, no. Ducktales. Ah, uh, uh, I don't know. That's tough. Goofy's pretty good. Oh, so you're in classic Disney? I think I'm going to go with classic Disney. Yeah, Jasmine. you've gone pretty classic as well. Jasmine's pretty good character from uh, Aladdin. The tiger in Aladdin. Oh, oh yeah, good one. Pretty the genie good. in Aladdin. The genie. Robin Williams. Oh, the genie Real is pretty scene great. scene stealer. <laughs> I actually think Will Smith did a good job. Yeah, that was that was a good remake. Um, no, I would go for um, uh, 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 um, Rapunzel. Oh, yeah. Okay. That Daniel Golden. <laughs> yeah. And Flynn Rider. Rapunzel is my- Who's uh, Flynn Rider? Her, like, her, he's a Disney prince. Oh. That's, is that a modern one or is that an old one? That's the, the modern one. Oh, yeah, right. From Tangled. Tangled. I don't know if I've seen- Oh, no, I have- You've got to watch Tangled. Maybe, I can't remember. I'm sure as a kid I watched it's the Mandy old one. Mandy Moore. Oh. Oh, wow. Really good stuff. Didn't know that. Love yeah. Tangled. That's my, yeah, that's my profile on um, Disney Plus is- I'm Rapunzel and Aiden's Flip Rider. Oh, well, Romantic. actually, uh, my favorite Disney character is probably um, Principal Skinner. Oh, okay. oh, that's right. Oh. Disney bought The Simpsons. All right, if that's the case, I'm going Lionel Hunt. <laughs> that is actually my favorite Simpsons yeah. character. Oh, really? Man, he's so good. Uh, thank you so much for that great question, Tessa. Yeah, good one. I'd like to know what other people's are because there's obviously so many. Oh, there's millions. There's pro- there's, I'm sure there's some that I'm not even thinking of that I go, yes. Mm-hmm. Tessa, get that and go on in the Facebook chat if you're in there. And as in a thread in there, if yeah. you want to, no pressure. No just pressure. Just but it'd be fun. It'd be fun. Sometimes I'm like, we really should do these these fat quota question questions in the Facebook 
Patreon group, but I always yeah, forget to do Yeah, some awesome it. questions. Especially because we sometimes record a week or so in advance. Mm. But if anyone, someone should kick that off if they want any of those questions we just answered. The other thing uh, we like to do is thank a few of our other great Patreon supporters. Jess, you normally come up with a bit of a game based on the topic at hand. I do, don't I? Maybe what, you know, what animal or whatever they, their yeah. theory. Oh, for- t- put two animals together to make oh, their yeah, beast. Right. Oh, good yes, one. I like this. And maybe I'll kick us off first. Yes. Love to. All right, I'll do the name and then you say an animal each. Okay, okay. yeah, together. great. Okay. Nice and easy. That, right. way, that way we also all get a turn of just getting to read a name. Yeah. I know, just having a bit of a freaking break. Get a for break because I've oh, always got to be coming up with I've something. I've been thinking all day. Okay, okay, okay. First okay, up, clear your mind, Dave. Clear your mind. Doreen. From Doreen in the Australian Capital Territory, it's Ethan and Ash. Crab. Whale. Ooh, oh, crab whale. Aquatic. Yes. yes. That's good. Mm. One teeny tiny, one huge. Yeah, so somewhere in between, just like medium. Yes. <laughs> it's a medium crab whale. That's a big whale. But it's a real fucking schnippers. big crab. Yeah, it's a big crab. That is a big crab. You know what I mean? But a yeah. small whale. Yes. It's all relative. I'd also love to thank from Los Angeles, La La Land itself, <laughs> Eugene Fluelin Williams V. Oh, my goodness. The fifth? Keep that, that going. All right, Jess, uh, you say something uh, here. Okay. Uh, kangaroo. Frog. Ooh. Oh, a couple of hoppers. Yeah, a couple of hoppers. Hopper very simpatico today. This is good. And finally from me, I'd love to thank from Levittown in Pennsylvania, it's Jessica Story. Okay. Pelican. Liarbird. Oh, <laughs> bird, bird on bird action. How are we doing this? Oh, my this? God. Should we get married? <laughs> I, think it, I think it's the only option now. <laughs> Uh, my turn. Uh, Jess, David. Ooh, oh, combining those two in holy matrimony. <laughs> a pe- a pelican lyrebird, though. That's yeah, that's great. Actually, I love a lyrebird. Yeah, two of my cool. favourite birds together at last. Yeah. Could I thank some people as well? Yeah, I'd love it if you did. Are you? D- no. Do you have You have more? Do you have more? No, I did three. Okay, th- fantastic. You do three. Okay. Uh, I would love to thank from Lexington. KY? Kentucky. Kentucky. Mm. We've got a couple of- do we have somebody else from Kentucky? No. Ah. But Lexington, Kentucky, I'm pretty sure it's featured in previous episodes. Yeah. Well, in the maybe the transy book heist. From that beautiful town. I would, the cocaine bear. I would love to thank Bingus. Oh, Bingus. <laughs> Bingus. I can't help but say bear. Yak. Bear yak. Ooh. Bear yak. Or now, yak that bear. is my kind of animal. Yeah, I've got to tell you, that big. is a thick, that's a beast. chunky beast. Not a lot of neck. No, I and love you it. like no neck. That might be one of the best animals ever, yeah. a bear yak. That's great. Holy shit. Holy wow. I would also have to thank from deep within the fortress of the moles. We can only assume. Location un- unknown. <laughs> it's been a really long day. Uh, I would love to thank Nathan G. Nathan G, the octopus. Horse. Oh, oh, eight legs. If it's on land, but it has eight legs and the movement of an octopus, but the speed of a horse. <laughs> oh, that's that, unstoppable. That is unstoppable. And also, octopus, very intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's an unstoppable animal. Whoa. That's a great combo. Good it job. It still Sarah. has the big horse dick, but it squirts <laughs> ink. <laughs> Just moving on over there. <laughs> I miss a horse dick. Got it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> You didn't even hear what he said. You just looked up and knew from his face. <laughs> I reckon he just talked about a horse stick. He's regretting this. Uh, I would finally love to thank from Lanon in Great Britain, Rhiannon Owen. Ooh, Rihanna. Rihanna. What about you go first? Okay. Hawk. Platypus. Oh, <laughs> that is also. I love platypi. It was platypus, sorry. Uh, and I don't know if I love. I don't mind a hawk. Yeah. Hawks yeah. are pretty cool. Yeah. Hawks are cool. And it's a great word, a pl- hawk. A platypus hawk. already is 
seems like a combination of a few animals. Yes. You throw in the, the flying ability, mm. that's amazing. They did think platypus, like, when they discovered a platypus, they were like, this is a prank. Yeah, when they sent them to the UK, yeah. apparently they, they're like, You've like, just right, a duck bill very on. good. We get it. Pretty While they're, being, they're believing crook. something that is, like, an obvious prank, they're like, oh, we're not going to fall for that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, let's put this uh, dinosaur back together and they're putting it with its, you know, the tail as its dick or something. That, that looks about right <laughs> to me. He's dick again. Yeah, he's got dick I'm on the brain. Dick. All right, Dave, bring it home, Matt. You and I sync right, up. Here we, go. here we go. I would like to thank from McDowell in Queensland. Big shout out to Courtney Lamb. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, let's right. see where that sounds just as mine. Um, I, I cannot shake a lamb out of my head. Okay, come on. Trying to get a sheep out. Uh, <laughs> trying to get a camel. Sheep out. Toe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, thing, camel. I thought, to be fair, we were trying to sync up, but I did thought you, so. Did you say toe? I'm like, I'm not going to think of anything until she said something and then I'll just say something. Did you say toe or I, toad? Toad. Toad. Camel, camel toad. Camel toad. Sorry, I thought you were. I was like, that's fucking clever, man. Well, yes, then that's it what was. I said. It was very clever. Camel toad. Camel toad. Camel toad. Yeah, and I was saying, yes, I was thinking toad also. Good one, everyone. Yeah. Great we, stuff. we are all very all right. smart. Well, let's see if uh, we have similar things. I'm going to fully blank the mind. Yeah, blank. I'm going go blank. off whatever. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, I'd like to thank from San Francisco in California. I believe they call it the city. Go it Niners. is Ian Knight. Ian Knight. Blanking out. Blank it. Firefly. Snow. <laughs> snail. 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 Firefly. Snail. snail. But as we but as we call them in Australia, snail. <laughs> It's just it's our accent. Snail. <laughs> snail. Firefly snail. That I actually mean, does sound like an American to an Australian accent. Snail. <laughs> if a yeah. snail could light up like a firefly, that yeah. would look so cool. And also a bit spooky. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't want to know where they are. Jess, this is, I have not been good at that. Should we switch? And I'll go first for this last one. Okay, sure. <laughs> See if you can say an animal. All right. Any animal. Let's try. <laughs> okay, good on you, Ian Knight. And finally for me, I would like to thank from Newport in Oregon... It is John Kilcrease. Wombat. (laughs) 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 Beaver elephant. Elephant. Wombat. Wombat beaver elephant. Wow. Three together. (laughs) Yeah. And the gas is pungent. (laughs) (laughs) It just said say an animal. I was like, I'm going to do the. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do a fart noise because I can. Thank you so much for all your support. John, Ian, Courtney, Renad, Nathan Bingus, Jessica, Eugene, Ethan, (laughs) and Ash. Fingers is great. The last thing we need to do is welcome a few people into the Trip Ditch Club, which Dave explained so well. (laughs) Basically, what we've got here is a Hall of Fame that we induct the people that have been on the shout-out level or above for three consecutive years. We've already given them a shout-out and a nickname or something, but to enshrine them forever because they stay true and have been hanging with us for so long, we uh, induct them to the Hall of Fame, which is like a clubhouse, a theatre of the mind thing that we've got with food and drinks and live music. And once you're in, you can never leave, but why would you want to? Also, there's an official tattoo oh uh it's fireworks yeah. <laughs> oh yeah i looked it up they look pretty shit oh, yeah. no. they, they would be hard to capture yeah, hard one to day capture. in the future the magic they're getting hard. better yeah at, like doing real intricate i stuff. want one that's essentially a gif i saw <laughs> of just fireworks oh, going that's off. that'd be cool so friends one new one recently and i'm like that was not possible five years ago mm. like the detail the fine lines that they're able to get in yeah it's amazing how 
uh, quickly tattoo tech is coming along. Pretty cool. And yeah, Jess, you normally... Um, Wait, how much have you explained of this, Dave? I just said that we what we do here, but Jess is in charge of the food and drink I mentioned yep. every week. She brings in new new cocktail, new bit of food. What yep. we got? What we got? French martinis. One of my favourites, actually. That's a great drink. Oh, fantastic a martini. Vodka, chambord, pineapple juice, delicious. Oh yes, actually, please. That does sound. And good. then some French food, like on- French onion soup and snails and crepes. Oh man! So nothing gross this week. And I'm not getting any praise. Okay, true. Yeah, no, I forgot (laughs) about that. That's a delicacy, though. Oh, yeah. I will not be partaking. Dave, you normally book a band? Yeah, you're never going to believe it. You know, I always uh, book these months, if not years, in advance of the people of this caliber. But I have booked somehow a French band, Air. Whoa. Oh. Duo from- Sexy Boy. Is that them? And they're from Versailles, (gasps) and they are for Sexy Boy. Right. So, is there like a, a village at Vasara City? I just thought it was a- Yeah, yeah, it's not that far outside of, ah. of, of Paris. For some reason, I just thought that was the name of the palace itself. But it's, it's the palace, but then there is also a town around it, yep. Yeah, awesome. I, yeah, I didn't know. Is, am I thinking of the right band? Sexy Boy or whatever That is called? their song, yeah. yes. That's their- that one song? Um, That's their, their first big single that put them onto their- uh, Great. Onto the world stage, and now here they are to perform it live, it's air! Oh, I can't believe you got them. That's what we'll be saying later on. I can't think of the song. I'm trying to find it. Yes, that's it. Oh, sexy boy. That one. Yeah, this is a description. Dreamy. It is noted for allowing the band and French dance music more generally to break through to British and American markets. Ah, oh, Daft Punk came in their slipstream. Maybe they, they would have definitely been active. They acti- did uh, they're, what? They're active by 1998. Hmm. And they have, a, have air to thank for it. <laughs> Uh, so, is there anything else to do apart from me read out these names? No, I think we're Sarah ready the to go. Here. I'm standing on the door, lifting the velvet rope. I'm going to read out six inductees' names right now. Dave's on the stage. He's the MC. He's hyping up. He does this for a living. You could go to a TV <laughs> taping in <laughs> Melbourne and he is there hyping up crowds. Yeah. To be fair, I don't usually hear what people's names are and then do a little joke about their name. <laughs> to be oh. fair. Well, how that, do you warm up, how do you warm up your TV audience? I must say, that's only an exclusive thing. To our podcast. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to read out these names, Dave. Are you ready? Oh, Jess also um, helps Dave out because he, he, you know, gets a bit sensitive. I often give him constructive criticism and Jess needs to boost him up again because he takes it a bit hard sometimes. Are we ready to go? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, here we go. First up, I'd love to thank from Address Unknown. Can only assume from deep within the fortress of the molds, it's Deck. Deck the halls. <laughs> Do you think it's Ant and Deck Deck? Yes. Who knows? We probably. Don't know. probably. And where is Ant? <laughs> Where is he? Where's his support? <laughs> Unbelievable. But he's that- not in the club, and it's finally good to get God, Deck no, away from Ant. No, but we'll feel really Punisher. bad if Ant joins the Tripage Club like next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? So don't talk too much trash. Uh, I'd also love to welcome in from Winston-Salem in North Carolina, home of those plants that chomp down on flies. Venus fly traps. It's Tim Dolan. Keep Tim Dolan, 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 Dolan. Tim Dolan, 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 Dolan. What? Tim <laughs> Say what? <laughs> uh, I'd also love to welcome in from Christchurch in New Zealand. It's Waitangi Narimu. Thank, thank Christchurch. It's Waitangi Narimu. <laughs> from Beeston in Great Britain. It's, I think, our podcast librarian. It's Rachel Jarrath. They're a beast. <laughs> we were talking about beasts this week. That feels appropriate. They're Rachel Jarrett, we think you're the best. The beast. The be- you're the bestin from the bestin from Beeston, Rachel Jarrett. Loved hanging out with you, Rachel, yeah, when awesome. Dave and I were in town last year. 
when I say town, I mean Great Britain. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll you in a few places. <laughs> from Devon Park in South Australia, welcome in. Mikey Overdune. You, this is a long Overdune. Please oh. welcome Mikey Overdune. That's so good. And finally, from oh my, mm. EE, is that what am I guessing? Estonia. Oh, Tallinn is Estonia. Yes, yeah. my goodness. And finally, from Tallinn in Estonia, it's Abraham Eifert. I hope I'm not being too Eifert. Please welcome Abraham Overt. Sounds oh, a bit okay. like Overt. I thought you might have gone some tower type one because it's almost like awful. Oh, right. Gotcha. But that you, what you did was equally baffling. Um, <laughs> welcome. Thanks, Abraham. <laughs> Abraham. Uh, uh, no, join me no. on LinkedIn. Abraham Link- LinkedIn. Join me on Abraham LinkedIn. What are you talking about? That's no. good stuff. No, it's not. Abraham Lincoln. That's terrible. <laughs> LinkedIn. No. Join <laughs> Remember okay. when Jess did it recently and she made it look good? Me and you were no good at this. Why isn't Jess well, doing it? I'm not doing what it. What would you do with Abraham Eifert? I'd say, hello. <laughs> yeah. So, let's keep it at Dave. Stay Eifert and not alarmed. Uh, it's it's not even an Eifert to welcome oh, you in. See, I tell you. Give that's it to actually, Jess. That is the best that's one That's the so best far. one, easily. <laughs> that's the only one that didn't need explanation. <laughs> Welcome into the club and make yourselves at home, Abraham, Mikey, Rachel, Waitangi, Tim, and Deck. And fuck you, Ant. <laughs> nah, good on you. Good on you, Ant. Nah, good on you, Ant, if you're listening. Oh, good on you. <laughs> now, that brings us to the end of the episode. Anything we need to tell people before we go, Bob? They can suggest a topic at dogoonpod.com. Honestly, if you've listened this far, maybe buy yourself a treat. You've earned it. Mm. Well done. An well epic. Done. And we appreciate you listening right through to the end. If you are, uh, why don't you just uh, give us the secret signal? And then we'll know that you'll we'll this way. Um, and you can follow us on social media as well at Do Go On Pod across Facebook, Instagram, probably TikTok. I don't know. I haven't logged in for ages. Um, Who, that- I can only assume we have millions of followers on there. Well, <laughs> yeah. I haven't checked, so yes. It's We're like Schrodinger's <laughs> listeners. Get on there because we are going to start filming episodes and I'm sure we'll be putting little clips up on there. Absolutely. Dave hey, Boone we'll be home. back next week with another, I can only assume, classic episode. But until then, I'll say thank you so much for listening and goodbye. Later. Bye. Bye.